The following has been brought to you by SJP World Media. Again, motherfucker. Hey, uh, sorry, it's not nine o'clock yet. Gotta watch our language. <laughs> oh, Magsy, it's been a don't you start. Put that hand down. Don't you start. Magsy, it's been a minute, hasn't it? Three weeks since we've had this face to face. Yeah, well, side to side, kind of, isn't it? Where we are. No, hang on that way. Yeah, I mean, but for us, behind the scenes, a little peep behind the curtain, we say actually face to face. <laughs> Yeah, we are, we are. <laughs> uh, you've been poorly, my friend, haven't you? Are you okay now? Yeah, I had uh, COVID again, third time. And to prove it, there's my well-focusing test. Pregnancy test, yeah. Um, <laughs> and then you had a, a new job role, so it kind of like just put us out of, out of sync for a couple of weeks, didn't it? But we're back. We're back, we motherfuckers. We are brilliant. What's that? 90 seconds on the clock and you've dropped an F-bomb already. <laughs> Goodness sake. can bleep that out. And on that note, yeah, I can bleep that out because we're live. Yeah, that works. And on that note, hello, Charlie, my youngest daughter in the chat. Um, <laughs> uh, speaking of the chat, Magsity, before we get into the show properly, uh, obviously you normally read out the, the comments from the CWF, and thank you so much, everybody, already jumping in and saying hi at half past eight because we have a new start time. I was a little concerned that people may turn up at nine o'clock and be like, what's, what's going on, and, and, and I was not concerned because I message signs saying, they will turn up when we tell them to turn up. They will lack what we tell them to lack. Uh, yes, but as we, you normally read all the comments out from the chat and so on. Before we dive into the show properly and, and sort of get on with what we're doing this evening, King Pigs Badders has put a couple of uh, comments at the very top of the chat, which I'm going to find really interesting hearing you read out. <laughs> I, I, I think I can give a, a good go. Do you want me to have a try? So the yeah. first one is... Lo siento, Sharon. Then, je suis désolé, Sharon. Et tu me Sharon. Me dispiace, Sharon. Sinto muerto, Sharon. Russian. Menzel, Sharon. Marf, Sharon. Furlart, Sharon. Dwebu Sharon. Anna Asif, Sharon. Sorry, Sharon. See? There. Nailed him. Multilingual. I can be insulting in any language. Look at this. A little bit of background about that. 
Probably brilliant. And <laughs> we don't have any Italian viewers, do we? Because you pissed them all off about you know three weeks ago, four weeks ago, whatever it was. You know, <laughs> taking the mick out of them then. So, <laughs> uh, pigs badness has been winding up my wife, which everyone knows is not a good idea. Bad, bad move. Um, I, I saw on one of my very infrequent dalliances onto X. X. Uh, I, I saw the images. Jesus, right. he's a, I mean, he's an image wizard. And, he is. I mean, you can't, props, you can't fault the craft. You can't fault pr- the ability. props to him. Props to him again for for the graphics for for today. But mm-hmm. he went too far. Some people just want to see the fucking world burn, Max. <laughs> yes, <don't> they? yes <laughs> they do. Jesus. Oh, but there we go. It's it's been it's been fun watching my wife's reaction and being like, I'm gonna, I'm going to ban him. I'm gonna, he's, he's done. Obviously, all, all, <laughs> Can you imagine? I know you're banned and you can't really watch. Uh, have you got this week's graphics? <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, it's all tongue in cheek. She's, you know, she, she takes it all in, you know, good spirits and whatever. But she does fucking hate CM Punk. Um, <laughs> but we'll get to that in a moment, Mags, I think, because I'm sure we will. We, we're going to have a little conversation with like, things we've missed and so on. Um, and one of those comments does reference CM Punk and a few AEW things. So that's going to be an interesting I conversation. So. I, I, feel. So. I think it was Steve. Yeah. So we'll get to that shortly. We will get to that shortly. But, but at possibly the earliest time on a Monday night ever 25 to 9. Gotta be on it. We've never been this early on a Monday before. No, we haven't. We're, no. We kind of like that episode of Raw where DX had to do. Um, a state of the union where they wouldn't say particular things before the watershed. Like mm. they were allowed to say beep, beep, beep. <laughs> hey, it I feels did weird. Not sleep with that intern. <laughs> I was up all night. <laughs> God, Sean Michaels is brilliant. On that note, though, and let's see if I can remember how to do this. I'm bound to screw this up. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever and whenever you may be listening or watching from. This is Chain Wrestling Live with Mags and Sai, an SJP World Media Production, episode 133. 101 Live. Oh, we missed the trick, Maxi. 101 Live. We should have gone back and done another Room 101 vibe for our non wrestling topic. I mean, we don't think of things like that. Uh, well, we do, literally now, and it's far too late to do it. Yeah, but, I mean, you could have thought of that like a few days ago. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, I am Sai. And with me, as always, is the Randy Savage to... Oh, Liz has got some baggage. Oh, yes. She's coming into this match with some storyline, isn't she? The Is Elizabeth A. Hussey. Moist, wet lips. Oh, my goodness. The Is Elizabeth A. Hussey to my Flair's got pictures of her pen. <laughs> <laughs> pictures of her not wearing much a podcaster who has been very poorly with the Rona and I'm glad that he's back and I'm glad that I'm back and I'm glad the CWF is back because I fucking missed this yes we both did absolutely Mr. Mags it's good to see you my friend and, and the same to you I suppose yeah, so you didn't sound as convincing as me, but we'll move, we'll, we'll move <laughs> no, swiftly is. past that. We'll move swiftly past that. Shall we jump into the chat and see who has joined us? And I say this early doors every week. 
But on this scenario, literally early doors because we've got it a new start. Very early doors. It absolutely is very early doors. And now, uh, first in the in the chat was obviously King's Pig Banners. I'm not going to uh, defame these languages any more than I already have, but just know he said sorry to Sharon in multiple multiple languages. He then jumped over to Twitch uh, and then said, welcome back, uh, gents. Thank you very much, sir. And thank you again for the amazing graphics. We always appreciate your hard work. Everyone uh, should do that, by the way. Everyone should be watching us on YouTube and then using a different device to watch us on Twitch so we get double the viewers. And a third device to watch us on uh, Facebook. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. What's wrong with you, lazy lot? Come on. Exactly. Dan Griffin, hello, sir. Uh, evening, CDF. Bloody hell, that feels good to say. Yeah, do you know what? It does. I it was does. saying to Mrs. Mags just before um, um, we came in to, to record, I've missed it, and now it feels weird to to not be three weeks uh, without doing it, and it just felt really weird and good to be back. Mm. Um, young Charlie in the chat. Hello, Charlie. Might have some, uh, some uh, Charlie-related news coming up pretty soon but we'll get to that Ooh. as and when um connor in the chat hello sir uh he says hi, hi mags and sad good to see your handsome faces again i mean buttering is up same way handsome uh we'll allow it um sharon it. <laughs> it's monday night and you know what that means the biggest cm punk fan ever i've seen the pictures of her hugging cm punk sharon you disappoint me <laughs> King Pig's Bladder says he thought it might be safer to watch from Twitch <laughs> because Sharon is hanging around on, on YouTube ready to ban his ass. Yes. <laughs> Scottish Danny in the chat. Hello, sir. How are you? He says, hey, you're CWF Maniacs. And Dan Griffin says, F yeah for early fuck bombs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> James <laughs> in the chat. Yeah, I'm all right. Yes. Uh, I'm... I'm all right. I think that's the the proper one. Um, Sharon, Max knows words. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Sharon says uh, Pig's Bladder is getting a ban. Yeah, but he's he's done the sneaky thing. He's gone over to Twitch where mm. you don't have that authority. So ha, ha, I think ha, she might. He wins. Oh shit! You you well, In fact, I'll tell you what. I, I don't know if she does, but she should have because I don't know how to do it. Yeah. So if we get any troublemakers, I don't really know what I'm doing. Oh, so I, I have all faith that Sharon would get rid of any yeah. troublemakers. Fair enough. Even ones that don't make trouble should be worried that Sharon may get rid of them. <laughs> she rules with an iron fist. She absolutely does. Um, King's Pig's Banner jumps back to YouTube and says, Hi, gents. Hi, CWF. And Dan says, Nobody is surprised. Uh, uh, Sharon saying that he's going to get a ban. I know. I'm, I'm actually surprised it hasn't come earlier than now. <laughs> King Pig Man is trying to trying to um poke the bear by saying hey Sharon and then Barbary Boobity by Sharon. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> That's fantastic. Dan Griffin says at least no one said cunt yet. Oh for God's sake. You're right, we um pigs <laughs> Sharon says pigs uh bladder can get in the same bin as CM Punk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Careful. Careful. <laughs> and Scottish Danny says we haven't had any pedo references yet. Now then, now then, Scottish Danny, calm down with that. Yeah. <laughs> you are regretting <laughs> coming back. This half eight malarkey was a bad idea, Sam. Yeah. I, do you know what? I could just tolerate being tired at work tomorrow and we'll go back to nine o'clock. <laughs> exactly. King's Pig's Banner again has to apologize. 
and then he's actually surprised that he hasn't been banned to. So that's the early chat caught up with in a timely fashion. Yeah, there we go. Good stuff, mate. Good stuff. Yes, yeah, so uh, we've got a few things to do tonight, haven't we? We've got a wrestling match that's been on the poll a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And interestingly enough, it's always been me that has put it forward. But on yeah. this particular occasion, when it wins, I actually voted for the alternative. So I well, think maybe it's just you're me. A traitor. Yeah, it is you. I jinx things, apparently. You do. <laughs> yes, we're going to be looking at Randy Savage versus Ric Flair from WrestleMania 8 and all the Photoshop shenanigans that Ric Flair uh, has in the build-up to that match. We have a non-wrestling topic of uh, what have we missed? What should we? What would have we have been talking about in the past few weeks where we've been away? There's been quite a lot. Well, yeah, Magsy, you, you, you put in the description on YouTube that we have a couple of weeks off and, and like the whole wrestling world just falls apart. Pretty much, pretty much. We had a, another uh, all-in brawling with Punk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's not not gone good, has it? We've lost some more uh, um, stars in the wrestling world. Yeah, yeah, it's been pretty, pretty grim. On that note, your solo episode that you recorded speaking about uh, Bray Wyatt and Terry Funk was absolutely fantastic. Um, it did go out nine o'clock as though as it as live, I suppose, even though it was pre-recorded on our streaming services. But you can also hear the audio version as the podcast if you still want to go back and revisit that as well. Well worth listening and well worth checking out. Magsy did a fantastic job on that, but it was really, really good. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, fun fact, that took probably three times as long to record as it did for normal people to listen because I had to edit out plenty of coughs and sniffles. So <laughs> I worked hard during COVID for your ears. But yeah, it was, uh, it's the, so just some sad, sad losses in the wrestling world. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we have a game to play, don't we? Before we uh, sort we of head do. back into the tie and all that sort of stuff. In later, because in, the in, professionals in, in, that we are, we, yeah. only, we only <laughs> mentioned it last night. Like, yeah. are we doing Bags Visa? Or is it a Hall of Lame entrant? And we're like, yeah, we've not done any research whatsoever for this. Nothing. Let's do a sparkle. <laughs> <laughs> so we have that to come. But I suppose before we get into that, you did tease about some potential chicken news, Mags. So um, are we heading to that? Let's do it. Chicken News with Max, only on Chain Wrestling. Yes, yeah, so it's been a, a a mixed bag for chicken-related news over these past couple of weeks. Uh, first, I'm going to start on a very sad note. Unfortunately, uh, one of the OG chickens um, passed away. Oh, um, no. Yeah, um, she... Uh, had something called egg banding, where uh, when the chickens lay eggs, they are, are soft, so the chickens can push them out, and then when they, they make contact with the air, that's when they harden to, to create the shell. But what happens with egg banding is that the, the shell hardens inside the chicken and kind of oh. gets attached to their internal organs, and yeah, and it's a, a rough time. But fortunately, uh, it was a very quick um, passing, um, so there wasn't a lot of suffering too much. Um, the rest of the chickens got a little bit fretty because they they are a community kind of a animal. Um, so we we had a, a a week or so where uh, egg laying was was down, and you could uh, see the the chickens were a little bit stressed. So they got a bit more um, care and attention, and and they seem to be um, 
back to back to normal now. Um, but in regards to Charlie, I mentioned uh, uh, some Charlie-related news. Um, so Charlie uh, has one of the newer chickens named after her, as many of the CWF will will know. And she was actually the first of the new batch of chickens to start laying. Um, she laid her first egg a couple of weeks ago. Um, and Charlie being the chicken and potentially the the human, heel turned on her pack of <laughs> uh, of young chickens and uh, decided to turn to the 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 OG chickens, kind of like joining the uh, the four horsemen from the NWO. So basically, the younger chickens all perch on on one perch, and the the older chickens all perch on another. And when Charlie started laying eggs. She jumped from the the new chicken's perch to the older chicken's perch, and uh, so Brilliant. yeah, she's she's turned heel. Um, but then <laughs> another one of the chi- the younger chickens actually started laying as well. So we're now are getting five to six eggs every single day now from the chickens. Wow. So they're doing really really well. We're at none. Come down this way, have we? What's going on? No. I mean, I'm still trying to roll it down that cheesel. That's they're oval <laughs> shapes, so they keep getting stuck. <laughs> Nothing gets stuck on that hill, mate. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> you can start at the top, get to the bottom, and probably only touch the hill itself once on the way down. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> it's, it's that steep. <laughs> oh man, it's sad to hear about about the, you know the, the first bit of news, but it's left mm-hmm. to see the, the the younger chickens are laying well and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, good stuff, man. Yeah, they're doing really well. Um, just the. The, when we first got the younger chickens, they were really nervous. Obviously, there's a, there's a lot of hen pecking because there's a hierarchy in chickens. And now the younger chickens just stand up for themselves. They they don't take any grief from the older chickens, and it's it's like one big happy chicken family now. So yeah, brilliant, doing really well, brilliant stuff, man. Excellent stuff. There we go. Uh so we have a game to play. I can never remember what it's called. A sporkle, sporkle. It's sporkle. Yeah, sporkle, sporkle. S-P-O-R-C-L-E. I've got the window open because it's cold in here, and there's a fly that's coming in now, and it's buzzing around my head. So if I frantically start jumping around like this, that's what's going on, if anyone's wondering. Okay. okay. Yes, I noticed it just down below the screen that people can see where we've got our sort of studio bit. It looks a bit different to what we've had before, mate. Yeah, so Sporkle is it's, um, a bunch of... Uh, timed quizzes on all kinds of topics and but they're not just um the ones where you fill in the names or anything like that they have all kinds of different ones there's picture uh quizzes uh audio quizzes and this one is a crossword uh all wrestling related so we have a time limit of 10 minutes uh so uh let's see if we can we can plow through a crossword i can't read any of that well i'll read the clues Yes. And you and the chat, and if I know the answer, we'll we'll just chuck them in. Okay. Are we ready to go? Yeah, let's give it a go. What's the worst that can happen? So, clue one, uh, one across, Ric Flair, um, first short. So, I'm assuming it's his uh, nickname. So, I'd go with Mitch. Does that yeah. sound right to everyone? Yeah, well, um, it Four across. Well, you can tell when it's right, because the, the word goes green. If it's wrong, okay. it stays black. Uh Four across, device used by the Road Warriors. Harley. A Most device used by Road Warriors. Doomsday. Yeah. And in the chat, I uh, got it right. Well done, Dan. 
Yeah, good stuff. Uh, shout them out in the chat, and I'll shout them to Mags then as well. Seven Across, um, Metallica soundtrack to SummerSlam 2003, Something Anger. Well, same thing. Yeah, what a shit album that was. But anyway. Vince's Sexy Bitch. Vince's Sexy Bitch? Yeah. Well, in his Trish. mind, it's his own it's his own daughter, isn't it? <laughs> I'm not putting <laughs> Steph. Certainly we're going with Trish. Yeah. It's, well, it's not Trish. Uh, oh, is it? No. Linda, sexy bitch. Not Linda. I mean, we can always Not come Tory, back. Tory, is it? No, that's five letters. Yeah, but isn't Tory T O double R I? Oh, that's no, the E on the T- end, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I've okay. tried Trisha King's pig's butters. Shall we try Steph? Just in case he is a a, a bit of a a wrong gun. Well, we know he is, mate. Don't we? There's some of the stuff you want her to do. Sean, someone's just it's, put. You know what? That may be right. <laughs> no, it's not sure. No. Anyway, we'll, we'll move on. Uh, 11 across. Uh, first name of Heads Buddy Snow. So that'll be Al. Al, yeah. 11 across. Uh, 12 across, sorry. Combined WWE title reigns for Austin and Cena as of October 2020. Uh, so Cena's got 16. Austin's won, what, four? Five, 20. Oh, you said so, well, twenty-one there. Well, twenty-one. Why? I mean, this is very awkward. Now it. Well, it's not. It can't be twenty-one. Okay. Not enough letters. Okay. That's this well, is difficult, Max. <laughs> I mean, the good thing with a crossword is you can get the other answers and the, yes, the okay. Clues. Two down is Taylor. Dan Griffin shouted in the chat. Taylor, so with a like that, I'm guessing. So, yeah. sexy bitch beginning with Y. That'd oh, be eight across, obviously. Um, That's confusing me. So five, five down UK and uh, 1997 UK only pay per view. So was one that night one night only? only? Yeah, that was at the NEC, wasn't it? One. Night. Yep, correct. Um, Six down, the opportunity to challenge for a title. It's a shot. I mean, it is a shot because I've got it. Um, Shane must be 19. The the one that we thought was 20, whatever. It must be 19. Let's try it. Correct. Um, 10 down. Seamus and R-Truth in 2015, King of the Ring. No idea. Okay, one down. Let's go with that. Nubs and sags. Nasty voice. God, I hate a nasty voice. <laughs> um, number three down. Eddie's gobbledygook king brother. Oh, what was his name? Hector. Hector Guerrero. Correct. Yeah, and just shouted like that in the chat. Three down is Hector. He also says Dan Griffin in the chat. Nine down is TN. Nine down. So that's that. So, sexy bitch must be Vince's yacht then. Okay. Um, so, let's <laughs> go with 13 across Kane's last name. Bearer. <laughs> it actually is as well if, it's, if Paul's his dad. <laughs> that's simple. Um, initial of Henry Godwin's brother. So, that's Phineas R. Godwin. Yeah, pig. 
Bloody fly. 16 across. Uh, Irish move to send opponents to the ropes. That's the Irish whip. whip. Yep. Yep. Um, 17 across. Headliner at two consecutive WrestleManias, beginning with a wah. So that'd be Yokozuna, do you think? Uh, okay, yeah, no, yeah, 93 and 94. Nine and 19 ten. across. The first name of 19, uh, 2019 Hall of Famer uh, inducted by Stacey Keebler. Now Tory. that's going to be Tory, isn't it? Yeah, so yeah. Oh, spelled with a. Uh, we're putting the Wilton in. Um, 21 across. Edge and Christian nationality. Canadian. They are. 22 across. A Ricochet's Kentucky hometown. Oh, I don't Don't know. really know a lot of Kentucky no. town. So 18 down. First name of Nation Domination member. So Karma. Yes. Max, you're uh, flying on this. I'm doing really well. Um, <laughs> Dan Griffin in the chat says that Ricochet's from Flippington. <laughs> <laughs> 14 down. Tag partner for Big Cass. Enzo. It was Enzo, correct. And you can't um, teach that. 15 down. Springboard crossbody to the outside. Oh, Plancher. Plancher. We're, we're flying through these. 16 down. Um, part of the WWF and WCW, but not ECW. So it's going to be world, isn't it? Okay. Um, 20 down. Type of slam suffered by Andre the Giant at the Silverdome. Oddy. It's five Too many letters. Type of slam. Power. Not, not power. Scoop. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, okay. Scoop. Hercules in tag team with Paul Roma. That's oh, power. power and glory, weren't they? Yep. 22 across. Uh, Ricochet's hometown where we've got P. That, that doesn't belong there. I have no idea what that is. Pig's Bladders has Alton Illinois in the chat. Is that? Alton Illinois. What is that? What's that? What's that answer for? Give us a shy type, Pig's Bladders. I'm guessing that's for the Ricochet question. Yeah, Ricochet Alton, he says. Well, it says um, it starts with a P, A, and then a couple of letters. So it's not enough letters there, I don't think. Uh, um, 23 o'clock across, uh, real first name of, of Lita. Well, it's Amy. Amy, yeah, yeah. Amy Dumas, yeah. 26 across, the youngest heart brother. Owen. Owen, 28 across. Got a rear lock, often the setup for a German suplex. Waste. Yep, 29 across. Japanese legend with 24 down. What was 24 down? Um, Japanese legend with 29 across. So, Muta. Yep, Muta, yeah. so 29. Uh, that'd be great. Oh, we're flying here. we got, what, two, three to get? Uh, Paddocka, King's Pig Bladders is saying. Oh, that nice work. one. Yeah, good work, Pig's Bladders. Well played, Pig's Bladder. Uh, so we've got 30 across. Oh, that's about great wrong. That's brilliant. 30 across, nickname of the longest reigning ECW champion. Oh, who was the longest reigning in ECW champion? Franchise, Shane Douglas. Franchise, yeah, well played. I got very excited that I knew that. <laughs> 25 down, great American pay-per-view. So that's Bash, I would say. And then this one, 
Seamus and R Truth in 2015 King of the Ring. Oh my word. Were they a tag team? I, I don't, don't know. Remember. 27 across. Oh, we haven't got that one anyway. Oh, Nia Jax. Pigs by the, oh, NWA, is that? Yeah, NWA. Uh, Pigs by the, put Nia, so. <laughs> the National Idiots Alliance. Yeah. Semi-finalist. Dan. What a sight, Dan Griffin. We've nailed it, team. 57 seconds to go, and we've got 100%. You Give people yourselves. are amazing. Give yourselves you, a round of applause. Super. Oh, well done, well done CWF. Absolutely brilliant. Well done. Obviously, that makes for fantastic audio later in the week for the audio <laughs> listeners. <laughs> just, just me shouting like, Shay Douglas! <laughs> but I read the questions. I saw they might be able, if they draw themselves a crossword board, they could play right. they got to play. They've got to draw it as they're playing along. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's very practical, but yeah, give it a go. See, somebody let us know how that works out. Yeah. Well, oh. Thank you for uh, CDF for the help. We absolutely nailed it. Brilliant, guys. Yeah. I love doing those, mate. They're a good crack, aren't they? Dan Griffin. Nobody's been that excited by Shane Douglas in a while. <laughs> that's very, very <laughs> true. <laughs> One of the best things about Shane Douglas was that he used Perfect Strangers by Deep Purple as his entrance theme. And it was the only good record Deep Purple released after, say, 1976. So, you know, it's, 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 it is a tune. It is really good. And then when they, um, when he went to WCW, they made him one of those dubbed shitty Jimmy Hart versions. Yeah. And it's so much like the original. I'm amazed they didn't get sued. I mean, they did. They got away with so much though. I mean, yeah. DDP's always tickled me. We did. Now they did not get sued for smells like teen spirit. Yeah. Ridiculous. Crazy, Absolutely crazy. Uh, Oh, I suppose then, I guess, shall we uh, dive into our non-wrestling topic, Max? Because the chat, normally we check the chat, but we've been going through it as we played the game because it's just people shouting out this to the crossword, isn't it? Yeah, it is. So let's uh, get on to this uh, non-wrestling topic. NWT time. Oh, no wrestling talk here. It's the non-wrestling topic. Lovely. Nice. Lovely. Nice. Oh, lovely. Lovely. <laughs> no. You're doing so well. I just read. I took a blast on my vape because my mic's muted when those things play. And I just read Dan, Griff, Dan Griffin's comment in the chat as I was taking a blast on my vape and it made me choke. <laughs> Dan Griffin says Kurt Cobain blew his top when he heard that DDP music. Oh, that's oof. so bad. The <coughs> new law for Dan Griffin is that. Yeah, and it takes a lot to get lower than he already is. Anyway, oh, excuse me, I'm spluttering my guts out. Like Dan's broken me. Ah, oh, there we go. Okay, pardon me. Right, our non-wrestling topic this week was as what the hell are those? Are those us? They are us, aren't they? They are. But um, Pigs Bad has done us a special little screen for that as well. Oh, look at that. Look at the chain hanging down and everything. Yeah, but then oh. if you remove one of us. <laughs> look at that. <laughs> oh, again, if you're listening on the audio version, you need to check out these images that Pigs Bad makes for us. They're absolutely fantastic. They are. Superb, they are. Yes. So what have we missed? We've been away for a few weeks. There's been a bit going on. And we said, what have we missed with regards to topics in the news? Because we are very, you know, 
topical show, Mags, aren't we? We, we comment we on are. current affairs and you know, we're highly serious about stuff, you know. Are <laughs> uh, <laughs> <Are> we? <laughs> nah. Uh, you know, also, what have we missed in the world of wrestling, podcasting? You guys out there in the CWF, tell us current what's been going affairs, on. Current affairs, news. Current affairs. Tell us what's been going on. And also, people spelling, in the books, spelling, Britain. Oh, I thought we were just naming uh, uh, subjects from Bullseye. In one. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've got a bullseye sound effect I play on the audio version quite a bit, so I'll use that there. <laughs> uh, in the chat as well, if there's any comments you want to throw out about anything we're talking about. Yep, come in. If you have comments yourself about something that's happened in the last couple of weeks in your personal life, your professional life, or anything in general in the world you want us to discuss and, and comment on, this is what we're here for. We're here on a Monday night for us all to sit down and, and have a little chat in our own little CWF chain wrestling family. I will begin with, well, I'll run through them in the order they came in to us, Max, shall I? Well, as, why change the habit of a lifetime? <laughs> uh, I will begin with Mr. Pig's Bladders himself. At the Pig's first Bladders. one. Look at that. I'm happy with that. <laughs> He's broken me. Um, so much has happened with the AEW, Punk and Perry stuff, but I won't dwell on that bit. No, we're going to get to that later, I think. <laughs> but, who should Big Bad Tony Khan employ as his enforcer to keep the talent in line and stop any future threats on his life? My pick would be T Tank Abbott, the man's indestructible and unflappable. <laughs> yep. and he's got a glorious leather jacket as well. He has indeed. He has indeed. Um, did you see Vince Russo putting out... A, uh, it's not even just a tweet anymore, is it? Because I think people can pay to have longer but almost like Facebook statuses and like you, you got to click more and it goes on for ages on Twitter. Have you seen these? Uh, I, I've, I've seen one or two. I'm not, I don't go on Twitter enough to, okay. to, to see, but I have seen a couple of very long, almost like essays that people yes. put out. Yeah. Yes. Now Vince Russo, I think gets a rough ride, but also talks a lot of bollocks and doesn't do himself any favors. But in this instance, I thought he was speaking quite a bit of sense. He said about the issues with discipline in the AEW locker room, and Pig Spiders is saying about having somebody to to you know be the enforcer or take care of that that aspect of the business. He said that he could do a lot worse, and these are Russo's words. People would be surprised I'm going to say this because I don't like the guy, but he could do a lot worse than hiring Eric Bischoff. He dealt with a lot of grief backstage I in WWE. I think I may have seen that. Right. Yeah. And and Russo goes on to say, Bischoff never gave a shit if people liked him or not. <laughs> Whereas I think Tony Khan's problem is he wants to be one of the boys. Secondly, that, that, that's the problem he had with with uh, Punk. I mean, I know we're going to yeah. get onto it later on, but the problem was he he was a fan of Punk rather than a boss of Punk. Yes, yeah, and I also think there's a big issue with him being a, a mark for the elite. But again, we'll talk about that later. Uh, Russo continues and says that he, he, if he can't get Bischoff, he already employs Jim Ross, who did talent relations for the WWE for decades and dealt with, I, I would say, some quite prickly and awkward to handle uh, personalities backstage then. And I would also throw out there, potentially, more you know, manly men to deal with than, say, the Bucks, for example. <laughs> you know and with bigger egos exactly 
Exactly. What, bigger than the Bucks? Mm, I'm not sure about that. I don't know. Hogan, biggest ego in the business. Paul and Nash, huge egos. Yeah. So, well, he didn't he didn't cross cross paths with Hall and Nash very often. Um, Jim Ross, did he? No, I suppose. Yeah. No. Okay. But I, I thought, you know, that it, I, I, I mean he did with he did with fake Hall and Nash. Ah, uh, that's true. He, yeah, he employed them, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Well done, Jim. And, <laughs> but yeah, I I think what Russo said is is a good shape. Bischoff or mm-hmm. Jim Ross in that role got the experience. In theory, you've got the respect because of the experience they have in the business. Yeah, you know. Um, I saw um, a, a former um, UFC slash MMA fighter called Josh Barnett. He does a uh, Josh Barnett's Bloodsport uh, events around WrestleMania every year. He said he would be the locker room leader, um, and if there was ever any issues, they could always try and take take it outside with him right um so i i think this is the problem with it being with aw being this super indie yes you you said it you said it perfectly that that tony khan has been such a mark for the likes of cm punk for the likes of the books that he's made a rod for his own back and Mm -hmm. he's he's very he doesn't like um, giving giving jobs out. He doesn't uh, like. He he tends to micromanage everything. I mean, he's he's essentially doing five hours of wrestling programming. He's booking everything. He's overseeing everything. There's no there's no delegation of, of tasks. And when you give um, wrestlers with the egos of the books and punk the the authority you're going to run into problems and mm-hmm. and that's exactly what's happened um yeah it's a it's a bed of his own making yeah yeah 100 percent uh connor connor at connor knows footy on twitter he says we have missed his debut on the volley show yes, podcast. recapping game week four for the premier league if you haven't checked it out yet it's worth a listen for dan griffin's team of the match week each show as well yeah i have checked it out i enjoyed it and i, I watched the lives too because they have a great time in the chat there as well magsy yeah i'm 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 really really happy for the guys there and i'm sure that sometime during the season i'll, I'll pop across and and have a little watch along with them you need to have a pie as well for this by the way okay they've got their halftime pie club it's kind of a ritual now it started off as a bit of a joke, but it's what is what they do now. Wow, wow! With this group of of, of guys that that we've cultivated, does everything revolve around food? I don't know, mate. I don't know. But yeah, you got to have a pie for halftime. There's halftime pie club t-shirts, jingles, the whole shebang, mate. Amazing, so, yeah. amazing. They're proper and in, proper invested. Doubling down on it is well worth it. <laughs> Sharon says uh, Dan doesn't like it when she watches. Sharon in the chat there saying. That Dan doesn't like it. Yes. Yes, because she will just send Dan a Cody gif every time he's live just to see his, his reaction because he gift. hates Cody. His so. favourite gif. Yeah, totally. Uh, speaking of Dan Griffin, we have his partner in crime from the UTT podcast at UTT Rob. And this is, I suppose, something more for you, Magsy, because I've not seen this, but I'm assuming you probably have. Uh, Rob yeah. asks, did Mission to Burnley make Burnley's ownership structure look good? No. Okay. Um, well, talk me through this then, because I've not seen. I've not seen it. 
so it, it follows on kind of along the lines of the Amazon Prime shows like the Arsenal behind the scenes, the Tottenham behind the scenes, things like that. Um, but I think this one was done by Sky. Uh, okay. And it's, a, it's essentially just a, a vlog of how Burnley were relegated and then um, basically came back to glory with the with the record-breaking season that they, they had last year. Um, the problem for me um, with the with the the owner structure is when when they first took over, we were uh, Burnley fans were giving all these promises that this club's going to have lots of money. Uh, we're going to be potentially contending with with the bigger teams, but it was a leverage purchase. So basically, what that means is that the the club goes into debt to pay the purchase, kind of like what's happened with Man United. I'm um, familiar with this structure. Yes. So um, the the club currently has, I think, a sixty-five million uh, dollar loan, but it's only been paid interest only. So that loan is still hanging over there. And the thing okay. with Burnley is because Burnley is such a a close knit club to the uh, to the town, it's only ever been owned by local people. It's only ever been owned yeah. by people who support the club. So it's never been a club that has gone into debt. It's always been run as a at a profit. So to then be a club that's now running in in a in the red, it's it was quite worrying. And then you get on to Alan Pace, the the the, the chairman, and he, he he seems to want everybody to like him. And I understand that, but he's he's running a business, and he he's he's very macro managing. He's, he wants to be involved in every single part of the club, um, which I I understand. He's he's his, his company have bought the club, but you employ managers to come in and manage, uh, like he has with with a company. But there's scenes where he's saying uh, good things about the club and uh, that. Um, we are doing way better than he expected and, and the uh, company is the right man for the job. And then there's other scenes where uh, he's saying uh, we've spent way too much on transfers and we're uh, 26 million in the hall and uh, we need to be in the premiership uh, the first time. So he, he says a lot of contradicting things. Um, and then there's the whole Mormon issue. Uh, the whole group is a, a Mormon's um so the show is called mission the show is called mission sorry when you said mormons i misheard you i thought you said moomins I mean, it looks like a moomin anyway well, that's a completely different board of directors of the moomins on your club sorry yeah, carry it, on. It, it's, it's actually really interesting because um burnley has a, a quite a big uh, Mormon community in in within spitting distance of of Turf Moor, there are two quite big Kingdom Kingdom Hall Mormon churches. Um, okay. But and that's why the show is co- called Mission to um, Mission to Burnley because of the 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 Mormon link. Um, but I think in the show, Vincent Company comes out looking absolutely amazing. Um, right. I mean, this is a guy who had very little managerial experience when when he he got the job at Burnley. Uh, I think he'd only uh, been at Anderlecht, was it Anderlecht, and he'd yes, not really done well there. But his his 
his mental uh, prowess in football and and his work ethic and and, and the way he's, he's just took to management like a, an absolute duck talker and he's got the the um, the old school mentality of really kind of like um, uh, making his players believe in in, him, in themselves, but he also has the the scientific technical side of it down. So he's a real kind of hybrid manager. You can you can tell he has learned a lot under Pep, um, and I've I fully see him being the next Man City manager. The guy is 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 Burnley's definitely a stepping stone for him. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's 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 an interesting show. Go if you have the opportunity, you can go and watch it. Uh, I think it's on Daily Motion. Uh, some of the episodes, so you can definitely uh, check it out. Probably on the the on demand, isn't it as well? Probably, probably find it on there somewhere. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's on Sky Documentaries. It was on Sky Documentaries. Okay. I think. Um, I think I've got that. It just felt like a bit of a fluff piece. It felt like uh, it was a show to make people like Alan Pace and the ALK team. Uh, and they come off a little bit disingenuous. Uh, but, I mean, fair play to the guys. They got Burnley back into the Premiership in, in one season. Yeah. Uh, whether we stay there or not um, is uh, is another thing. But it's, a, it's an interesting show. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll give it a watch, mate. That sounds very good. Uh, I've got a bit of a soft spot for Burnley as well, I said before, haven't I? I've, I've got yeah. a few mates. I mean, a lot of people do. And that sort of stuff, so. uh, they've got one of the biggest uh, followings in, in America as well. Um, really? For, for such a small club, yeah. Why? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Rob also continues, the effects of sport washing on sport stroke wrestling. Hmm. Mm. Okay. Now, so, uh, the Saudi League, obviously, we're looking at is a big deal because that's really exploded in, yeah. in recent times. And you've obviously got the WWE thing with their contracts where they have Saudi shows. The, and the golf thing. The, yeah. uh, was it the LRB golf um, kind of setup that was uh, taking mm. all the, the players from the PGA? The thing is, they've got so much money uh, yeah. in, in the, the Saudi oil money that it's hard to, to, to see a way that they don't they they don't take over sports and, and in 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 doing that kind of hard the fact that they commit such horrific atrocities. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's the it's it's not a good look, is it? But the thing is, people are fickle. Mm-hmm. You know, people are fickle, and it's that I look at the WWE shows in Saudi, for example. Okay, because they were the ones that really sort of started off this. It, it, in to my knowledge, anyway, to, to me and my it bubble, my world. Put, yeah, it, it put an eye on it, definitely. Yeah. Okay, loads of people online, all over the place, critical. Not going to watch it. Disgusting, horrible. You know, going to boycott this and cancel WWE Network and all that sort of hashtag stuff flying around, which you get sometimes. They still fucking watched it. Mm-hmm. You know, and all it takes is for them to have a couple of big moments, a couple of big names, a couple of big surprises on these shows, and people aren't going to give a shit anymore. They'll still watch it. Yeah, and it and it and just goes, it goes to show with uh, with sports as with with pretty much any big business, money talks. Yes, and if the the money is right, people will happily turn a blind eye to to pretty much anything. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and the Saudi League as well, the Saudi Football League as well. 
they're, they're attracting some of the biggest names in, in, in the game. Obviously, you know, Ronaldo going over there was a big deal. Mm-hmm. He's at the end of his career, of course, but then the, the brand level of Cristiano Ronaldo is, is huge anyway. Mo Salah's the one they're talking about. So many players of name value, not even older guys, have gone over there. Now, there's going to be a point. <laughs> you go one or two ways. One, I think least less likely is that it blows up in their face like it did with China and these other leagues, yeah. Russia for a little while, because they obviously have a different setup financially to be able to run these things. So it's not necessarily going to happen. And the other one is it's going to become a point where the league is no longer a bit of a laughing stock. Dan Griffin in the chat there saying Mo Salah is going fucking nowhere wash your dirty whore my fight okay we'll see mate money talks doesn't it money talks <laughs> Klopp as well mate he'll be that journey manager soon um anyway it's it's gonna get to a point where they attract so many names and so many players that the the european tv companies because of the potential advertising you could get by getting eyes on on your screen on your channel because you can say mo salah Cristiano Ronaldo and mm-hmm. etc cetera, etc cetera, are playing in this game. It's going to get to a point where the advertisers will be willing to pay for advertising spots. The money will be there for these TV companies and they will show it over here. And then yeah. inevitably once it starts being shown, all those fickle people who can't stick to their guns uh, and like to just rant and shout about how terrible this is, terrible that is, will eventually start watching it because it will be talked about too much. <laughs> Yeah. And it will it will start to be you know, be the the one to watch in the same way. You got my mind back in the early nineties. There was huge criticism for Syria in Italy because of the money they were throwing around, and it was disgusting they were doing that. Syria by the mid nineties was the league to watch. You know the Premier League mid nineties, money getting thrown around all over the place. By the end of the nineties, league to watch, but people bitched and moaned back in ninety four. It's just <laughs> the, it's just the way football works. It's just it the way is. it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I remember. I remember uh, the um, giving Blackburn loads of grief when they essentially bought the title mm-hmm. uh, when they signed the likes of uh, Shearer and Sutton. Mm-hmm. And you look at the fees now, what they spent, and you couldn't buy, um, you couldn't buy a, a youth player for the money that they spent now. So yeah, it's yeah. absolutely money talks, and was... money will, will take a uh, will make a lot of people forgive some of the yeah. most horrific things. I mean that 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 front two for two thirds of the season were fantastic. Sutton went off the boil towards the end of the year, but the year mm-hmm. they won the league, they I mean, and, and Shearer was what three and a half million quid. Yep. Chris Sutton cost them five million from Norwich. Then sold what him was, on for what just, was it about? Was it like fifteen to Chelsea? Yeah, just different levels sold, of money now. Isn't and it? then it's they sold the Shearer to Newcastle for around about the same fifteen mm. million. Wouldn't get you a, a bench warmer now. No, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Danny at Scottish Juggalo on Twitter. Danny, it's awesome to see you in the chat, my friend. It's been a little while since Danny and I, we, we messaged back and forth, of course, but it's been a little while since we've actually spoken or anything like that. Danny's got a few things going on that he's sorting out and he's having a little bit of a break from Nitro Nights and so on. So, you know, everyone has a couple of days off here and there. So that's yeah, the way that's, that Danny's, Danny's awesome. having a bit of a chill time. We'll be back to Nitro Nights very, very soon, I hope. Uh, but it's great to see you in the chat, Danny, and great to see you contributing, as always, here on a Monday night. Yep. Danny says, lots of talk by firings, suspensions, backstage scuffles, threats to life, broken glass, releases, etc., etc. Finally, some good news happened. 
who should be Great Carly's final opponent. And he's included a clip here saying, The Great Carly returns at WWE Superstar Spectacle. Says he has one more match left in him. Magsy, who would you like to see wrestle Ooh. the Great Carly? I mean, for as bad a wrestler he was, and he was one of the worst wrestlers, the guy has become iconic. It's become absolutely iconic. I mean, they drafted him in to replace Becky Lynch uh, for uh, the the spectacle. Um, I mean, can you imagine him facing someone like AJ Styles? I'm sure AJ could carry him to a five star match. Well, this is the thing. I, I'd be. I imagine there'd be Finn two Bala. ways of looking at it. Yeah, Finn Balor. Yeah. To me, there's two ways of looking at it from a, from a wrestler standpoint. Part of me, if I was a pro wrestler, part of me. Almost. Oh yeah, that'd be that'd be good. But part of me would be thinking, as a challenge, I'd love an opportunity to try and get a good match out of this guy. But then the other there must be some other people, and another part of me would be thinking as well, I'm not touching that with a fucking barge pole, mate. I mean, yeah, I get it, but just imagine the rub of being Carly's last opponent. Because the guy is an icon. People yeah, shit on him as a wrestler, but he has he's turned everyone around. People absolutely adore him. Mm. So yeah, I mean, someone someone like Damien Priest could carry him to a good 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 match. I I don't know if anyone could, mate. I I'm, I really don't. Well Barry Windham, Ch- obviously. Chad Gable. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. Yeah, Chad there you go. Gable. Okay, I'll go with that. I'll, I'll, I'll happily see that. Yeah. Volta. Oh, yeah. Imagine those chops. See, this getting back for a run. Not one match, a no. full run. No, no. The guy, get him, speak- give him a towel <laughs> for him to hold upside down. That'd be amazing. Listen to you. Fucking hell. Um, <laughs> Dan Griffin at Dan Griffin 21 in the chat. He says, a flight from Atlanta to Barcelona had to return to Atlanta two hours into its journey because a passenger had diarrhea all through the plane, he puts here in quote marks. Mm-hmm. So they had to fly two hours back due to it being a biohazard. It was literally flowing in the aisle. Imagine the smell. Yeah, so I heard this story from uh, a YouTube channel that I've subscribed to called Internet Today. Um, and, yeah, it sounded horrific. Um, and it literally was all up and down the aisle. They, yeah. when, the, when the plane got back to, uh, to Atlanta, the, 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 the ground crew ripped the carpet out because it was unsalvageable. People were uh, recording it and a guy was actually laughing, saying it was one of the funniest things he'd ever seen, but the <laughs> amount of people just retching. Um, yeah, this this poor woman, and it was actually a woman who... who oh, was it? Yeah, which I was shocked at. Um, yeah, she... Well, women poo as well, Max. I know, but it's not... Normally, if you hear about diarrhea all up and down a certain area, you think, dirty man. <laughs> yeah, was point. A woman. Yeah, but it was... It sounded grim, absolutely grim. Yeah, and I don't know how much you've got there on Twitter, but the, there was a conversation after this message um, about what happened and pictures and so on. And no, we're not going to show them here on the on YouTube, on the live stream, I mean, because Mag, we will get... No, we don't. Mags, you don't do it. Don't do it, Mags. Oh, I'm not going on to the teams. I didn't realise it was a link, but yeah, it was... 
uh, horrific. So the um, the internet t- uh, today, guys, uh, there are a couple of guys called uh, Ricky and Elliot. They were talking about other flats that they've been on. Um, this is a regular thing, in a, especially in American flats. Um, what, people shitting in the oil? Yeah, one guy, um, Ricky, said he it, where his footwell was, um, there was diarrhea and blood. And he had to ask the um, the um, the stewardesses to clean it, and they just gave him a towel to basically mop up this person's shit and blood. Um, yeah, it's it's a oh regular God. thing. God, yeah, grim. That is, t- I, I can't, it can't be a regular regular thing. When the host of a show commenting on this story I said, "Yes, this has happened to me as well." That's two times he's too regular. There's something seriously wrong with America, isn't there? Yeah, they're grim. It's absolutely grim. <laughs> oh, uh, we have Ben, who has just joined us in the chat, by the way, at Witticisms of Ben on Twitter. Hello, sir. Hello. How are you? He says, we missed the debut of the Middle Class Alarm on Random Oysters podcast. We oh. did. We did. We did. We yeah. have to go back and check that out, mate. We have to go back and check. My podcast listening has just dropped to virtually non-existent in the last few weeks, and that fly has landed on my sodding forehead. Then it's it's going into business for itself. Uh, but yeah, it I'm is. I'm the same. Um, it's it's finding the time to to be able to listen to podcasts, especially you now with uh with your new uh, role. Um, yeah, well, I have my induction today. That's cool. Well, I, mind, well, you know, I don't know about that, mate. It's sitting in a room talking about health and safety, but it's got to be done, and it is the way it is. And they did it in a way that was much quicker than other places I've worked at. So, fair play to them. But one of the things they said, and one of the little slideshow jobs they brought up on the big screen, was I'm allowed an earphone in as long as it's only one to listen to whatever I want to during the day. So, hopefully, mm-hmm. you know, once I get a little bit more settled in what I'm doing, so I've got, you know, if I mix some chemicals wrong, stuff goes terribly wrong so i've got a bit of attention but i mean when I, I can't imagine a company confidently trusting you to mix chemicals <laughs> <laughs> well it's, like, it's literally my job mate that is literally my job that's what i do all day that and then when it's molded what it needs to be taken out of the molds and so on but yeah but yeah so I, i'm hopefully can start listening to stuff again because my bus journey to work now is so short it's pointless even pressing play on anything and no. I don't catch the bus home because my fantastic wife will pick me up because I finish at a time that... Oh, she, she must like you. I don't think she does. But it's just easier because it coincides <laughs> with the school run where the time I finish and where I'm working now so she can just grab me before getting the girls. So, yeah, it works out quite nicely, mate. Oh, yeah, that sounds really good. Uh, Dan Griffin says in the chat, whoever voiced that middle-class alarm must be a fantastically handsome northern gentleman. I'm guessing it was Cam then. <laughs> brilliant Cam, uh, Cam also does add to one of the stories says uh, his friend who was an air hostess and she once saw a guy squat slightly lift his dress slash outfit and shit on the floor in the middle of the airport see so it's it's a regular regular thing what is wrong people with people are, Why? people are dirty dirty cunts that, that, I don't I, why it's horrific. Oh, for goodness sake. Uh, and finally, and I'm assuming this is going to maybe cause a little bit of a debate in, in, in the chat and here as well. So let's all try and keep it civil. Um, we come to Total Sebo. Everybody say what time is it? 
is Steve-O. And Steve-O says, I genuinely want to hear about what happened with CM Punk and your thoughts and opinions. Talking of which, AW All In, which was the Wembley show, wasn't it? Because All Out was the one afterwards. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. All In. Did you watch and what did you think? Well, we'll take the first one first, Bagsy. Okay. Um, what, Steve was asking what happened with CM Punk and our thoughts and opinions about it. I think it can be quite easily boiled down to what we were saying at the start of the show. It's a company ran by a, a bit of a wet lettuce and he's surrounded by petulant, egotistical children. Punk, yeah. the Bucks, and the Elite—they're all as bad as each other, aren't they? They—they—they they, they are. I, th- I mean, Punk has always had a massive ego, anyway. Um, yes. And then giving him control of a show—I mean, the—the the whole point of Collision, uh, the extra show, was to keep him away from the Elite and the Bucks, anyway. Uh, so giving him kind of like autonomy over that show, um, it, it kind of made his his head swell. Uh, he was then reacting to to things that other wrestlers probably wouldn't react to. I think um, Nick Nemeth um, put a, a message up on on Twitter uh, that Punk took offence to. Um, Jungle Boy um, had a, an issue with some glass, and uh, Punk told him to that he should be using fake glass rather than real glass. And and that Jungle Boy is a dick about that, by the way. I, I, oh, I, I, there's I no. There's nobody in the right in this situation, no. um, but there is levels of wrongness, and I think Punk's levels of wrongness are are pretty high. So Jungle Boy, uh, obviously taking offence to the the um, the comments about using fake glass uh, rather than real glass in his in his match on the pre-show, used real glass, came up to the camera and said, um, "Crammy, uh, crammy river, that's real glass." And then when he went backstage, um, Punk. Uh, apparently got in his face, tried to choke him. Um, there was a scuffle. Uh, TV monitors went flying. Um, Tony Khan feared for his life. Um, <laughs> apparently, Samoa Joe uh, came in and and, and kind of uh, cooled um, cooled everything down. Punk was going to leave before his match even started, but uh, he was talked around to to having his match. Uh, but it, I think even uh, before the show, he hadn't been picked up from the airport, so he had to uh-huh. get a, a cab himself. Um, there's uh, images of him leaving on on a train after the show, so he left early. Um, well, he had to get shown his hotel, where his hotel was by a fan. A fan yeah. had to take him to his hotel because he had to use the tube and so on. Now, this is one of your... Regardless of what people think of Punk, and I, I'm a big CM Punk fan for his in-ring abilities, his promo mm-hmm. abilities, and so on. The behind-the-stage stuff is just... It, it, it sours the whole thing for me. and It, it, it generally upsets me that I, I now have this opinion of Punk that isn't as high as it once was, because I was such yeah. a big fan. It, it is quite a sad thing for me. But you look at it from a business standpoint, Punk's the biggest draw they've had. Okay, regardless of how well the company's doing and so on, you look at you look at the, the shows where Punk has initially turned up and so he has hit the biggest the biggest numbers AW have had on television and pay-per-view. The main promotion revolved around a CM Punk match or appearance. And that's not open for debate. That's fact. You can go and find these figures out quite easily. They're out, they're out there, you know? Yeah. Now he's also, I'm assuming, costing Tony Khan and AW quite a bit of money. 
financially. I think it's six million a year. Right. So he's naturally going to be one of the most highest paid guys there because of his name brand. And of course, you are paying for those numbers that he did bring into the you know the eyes on the and that's how you know the business works and all that sort of stuff. So if that's the case, and you know you've got a guy as well, I suppose this is kind of irrelevant because it shouldn't happen to Punk or any other wrestler on the roster. But you're in a foreign country. Okay, it's London. It's not like you're out in Mozambique or something. It's, like that, I, it, it's still the same. He's not yeah. from from that area. It's, it's not, not the. In- it's, it, this is a, a the second biggest wrestling company in the world doing yes. the biggest wrestling show um, ever. ever. And it's and fucking the guy, the guy has to find his way from the airport to the arena and then from the arena to the hotel. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's absolutely yeah. And ridiculous. a fan he has to guide him on the tube. I'd be fuming if that scenario was... A- you know. Absolutely. But you you can't have have the reactions that he has. I mean, mm. he was touting himself as being this locker room leader, especially for Collision. So he, he's basically saying to all the other wrestlers, if you have a problem, be aggressive, be violent about it. Throw your tongue yeah, and that's not ground. acceptable. Yeah, exactly. But I, I also want to put another spin on this. And again, I'm not saying, it may sound like I'm defending Punk, but I'm really not. This is a conversation me and Sharon have had at length uh, over the last couple of weeks. And we are planning on doing a, a recording ourselves, diving into this and talking about it and mm-hmm. at AEW over the last month or so in general. We were supposed to do it this week, but time just got away with us. It, it, it is going to be coming. But I also want to shine a light on where we're hearing these things from. Now, uh, we're all fully aware, because it's, it's not a secret in the slightest, that... Dave Meltzer gets a lot of information from the Bucks, from Hangman Page. From I'm not Kenny so sure. Omega. I was going to say from Kenny as well, but I'm not so mm-hmm. sure Kenny's on the same level as the Bucks. Yeah, not uh, certainly not as as um, as much as the Bucks, but he's, he he mm. has he he's very friendly with with Dave Meltzer. Yeah. Let's just yeah, say okay. That. I sometimes to me, there's two sides to every story, and I think sometimes because Punk doesn't come out and put forward his side as freely as we hear other information from, shall we say, sources that are linked very much to the other side of the argument, I think that can quite easily slight people's, the general public's viewpoint. You know? Sharon in the chat there saying, don't you dare sour my hangman with your dirty mouth, Simon. Okay, sure. Um, (laughs) But it's, there's a lot of, of stuff that comes out, whether it is via Meltzer or via uh, other sites and so on. We all know where the information is coming from. Mm-hmm. It's openly, it, it, the, 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 the lines of conversation, the lines of communication between the elite, for want of a better phrase, and Meltzer and the dirt sheets. It, it's well established and well known. Yeah, whereas, whereas Punk and Punk's camp don't tend to do that as much. You hear other sources or other podcasters who say, well, I spoke with this person. They are my friend. They said this. But that doesn't get as well publicized because it's not getting maybe not getting as retweeted or not getting put out on, on platforms that are as established as, as Meltzer and these other writers, other podcasters and so on. I think with regards to I think the biggest thing Maxie, we've got from this is that both of us have said no one is in the right here. They're all acting like petulant children and they've got no one in charge to give them a slap on the wrist and say, don't you fucking do that again. Yeah. Right. It, it makes the Corder 
move seem perfectly timed. I mean, well, this is it. You you've got it. to remember that AEW was essentially founded on the back of of Cody leaving WWE, wanted yes. to become his, his um, out of his his dad's shadow. The whole challenge with Dave Meltzer, and that kind of started the the ball rolling with for uh, all elite wrestling. But I think Cody had a plan to always get back to the WWE, uh, oh. and with the with the punk stuff and the book stuff, he he clearly saw that this this isn't the company that I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Took the offer and ran. Um, right. the, the problem is there's so many thin skins in with, with a lot of these um, top tier wrestlers in, in uh, AEW that they shouldn't be reacting to these stories uh, out in, in, in the, in, in the, the wrestling sphere. I mean, if you saw um, a story about a WWE wrestler and then the WWE uh, wrestler going on a mad tirade about it, you, you'd think that's really unprofessional. But mm-hmm. yet people like Punk and the Bucks think that's how you should react. And uh, I don't. it just shows it's still very carny uh, oh, yeah. in, in yeah. AEW. But again, that, that's the sort of point I was trying to make. You, you have these reactions and so on, but you don't, you don't hear from Punk. And I think that's a problem mm-hmm. because the the spin is always. I mean, Jim Cornette is is a big issue sometimes. He, he runs his mouth. He says a lot of nonsense and so on. But when you hear Cornette talk about this topic, he sums it up far better than I. He will, he will say, "Well, the Bucks have said this and done this and spoke to Meltzer about this," and everyone just takes that as gospel. What about Punk's side of the story? Now, yeah. Punk may turn around and go, "That's exactly what happened, mate. I'm a dickhead," you know, whatever. But it's so easy to it's so easy to just read something online. And especially if you're a fan of the Bucks, because the Bucks are the, the ones from what I can gather are, you know, a little bit more that way. If you're a fan of the Bucks, because it is quite culty, isn't it? The whole being the elite YouTube and following and all that. Mm-hmm. You're naturally going to, you're instantly going to paint the CM Punk, FTR, whoever else is on that sort of side of the side of the line as the bad guy. And they don't defend themselves. And I'm, I'm not saying that they should come out ranting and shouting and, and fighting fire with fire. That's not, that's not the right way of doing this. But at the same time, defend yourself. Have, a, have something to say. You know? I, I think as well, you mentioned in Cody leaving is really interesting as well because the amount of stories you hear, and again, on various podcasts from the likes of um, Comrade Thompson and, and his network and, and so on, and people involved in that, Jim Ross speaks quite openly about issues in AW with the young talent not wanting to listen. Mm-hmm. And I, I think a lot of the young talent on, I, I'm far from an expert, of course, it's just my opinion. I know nothing in comparison to many people in the CWF, and I know nothing to, you know, these people like Jim Ross, of course, and, and the Cornette and all these people, far more knowledgeable than I could ever, ever dream of being. However, I look at people in AEW and I think to myself, you're an indie wrestler who's got on TV and has got TV money and you think you've made it. So then when you get the likes of Arn Anderson, who has openly spoken about issues backstage and the young wrestlers not wanting to, well, there you go. Cam in the chat. Arn mm-hmm. needs to start enforcing spine busters all over the guff. Um, he he's got that block no. and he just pop, pop, pop. There we go. But Arn Anderson openly talks about, mm-hmm. um, 
issues backstage with the younger wrestlers not wanting to listen. Uh, Jake the Snake Roberts was a producer backstage for a while. He was a, he was an agent producing matches. He says exactly the same thing to the point where he he walked away from the company for a few months. Yeah, yeah. Because he was like, "What's the point of me talking to Jungle Boy? What's the point of me talking to best friends? Because they don't want to fucking know, you know." And if you're not listening to minds like Jim Ross, Jake the Snake Roberts, Arn Anderson, I'm sorry, Bucks, you know, Hangman, Omega, Elite, CM Punk, all of you guys. None of you understand the business like they fucking do. Mm-hmm. They made Legal. money when you had. I mean, they made money they, when you had to go out and make the money. You had they, to tell a they, story in the ring. They had Regal there. They had yep. William Regal there, and another story that came out uh, uh, about Punk, and again, it may be from the uh, the the books feed information was that um, Sam Punk belittled Regal, calling him a Triple H's stooge, and uh, he, yeah. he hated him and stuff like that. So. If if the lacks of CM Punk is causing drama uh, of that man too, what hope is there that someone like Ricky Starks is not going to have that kind of attitude? Not saying that Ricky Starks has an attitude, but the lacks of him, the lacks of um, of, of Jungle Boy uh, having attitude. You you reap what you saw, and if your locker room leader is is acting like that, the rest mm. of the, the the team are going to act like that. With regards to Punk disrespecting Regal. I 100% believe that happened. <laughs> it sounds like something that would come out of Punk's mouth. I firmly believe that he is of the mindset of, I will speak my mind, fuck the consequences. I yeah. firmly believe that he would have said that. However, I don't know the context that, or, or how far it went with regards to those comments in that conversation. Because again, this came from Dave Meltzer's podcast. Yeah. So who's giving Meltzer that information? Exactly. Because it ain't going to be regal. And it ain't going to be punk. So where's that coming from? You know? And then at the same time, the following day, after these stories came out, and again, they came out on Twitter, and you had all the the secondary sites, all the jobs worths, rewording it and putting it out there as their own story and all that sort of shit. Somebody else shared a picture of punk backstage hugging William Regal. Now, that wasn't punk. That wasn't Regal. But somebody's out there saying, well, hang on a second. Look at this here. This is but, just after Regal starts. Oh, it's, it's that kind of scenario again, isn't it? it? That that kind of stuff gets buried in in yep. all the noise of the of, of the drama. Because mm. as with anything, drama will get more headlines than good yes. news or or feel good stories. Drama yes. will will always trump that um, because that's just the, it's human nature. We revel yep. in other people's misfortune. I think we're not going to fully understand and have clarity on this whole scenario for many years yet. I think more information is going to come out and things are going to get cancelled. You know, things are going to get exposed as not being true. Other things will come out as being true. Uh, And I think this is something that people are going to be revisiting for you. The actual truth will be somewhere in the middle. Yeah, there you go. Uh, And finally, from Steve-O, we have AW All In. Did you watch? What did you think? I did watch on television. I know Steve went to all in. I know there's people in the chat as well that went to all in. I thought it was a spectacle because it's at Wembley. It was inc- it was incredible, the visuals and so on. I think it was a very AEW event. And I'm kind of getting to a point now where I still enjoy watching the shows, but I get frustrated with 
87 fucking super kicks and you know how many pile drivers did they kick out of and all but it's not mm-hmm. I, I don't mind it too it's not as extreme if it's only on a paper this, this is the biggest wrestling show of all time if everyone kicks out of everyone else's finisher on this one night to get the near falls and the spectacles whatever okay so be it I can see what they're trying to do. Don't agree, but I can see what they're trying to do. But when they do it on the weekly television as well, it really waters it down when you get to the pay-per-view. I enjoyed All In, but I've still got issues with AEW and the way they put matches together. It's kind of my my standpoint. What about you, Magsy? Yeah, so that's a, you make a good point. Um, as a show, I really enjoyed it. I thought um, the atmosphere um, was great. All the wrestlers um, came out and... And really give it their their all for the show. My issue, and again, this goes back to Tony Khan, was the booking. I mean, it, it was only three weeks out before the show that we got any kind of uh, matches signed. The, and he was doing all out the week after, and it felt like he was doing two massive pay-per-views and and, and spreading himself way too thin. And the, the build for the matches... Mm-hmm. Didn't it didn't quite hit home for me, but in terms of the action and watch it, yeah, I, I take your point that it it's a little bit too much, but that it that's the indie style of wrestling. That's that's how it how it is. And AEW is uh it's the super indie show. Um yeah. but uh, as a standalone wrestling show, I enjoyed the hell out of it. It was mm. it was well paced. Um the the crowd, I mean, the, a British crowd makes a, a wrestling show a hundred times better yes. anyway. And that crowd were absolutely amazing all the way through the show. Um, and just the, the spectacle of it being the biggest show, the, the most uh, um, paid um, in attendance, all those things. What AEW as a company has achieved in, in the three to four years of being around is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. They just need to now buckle down and become that that alternative to WWE that they they said they were going to be. But again, we're getting a little bit off track here. I'll, I'll you know, sort of put, <laughs> keep an eye on the time as well. So we'll come back around to uh, our actual wrestling topic in a moment. But I, I've said it on numerous different podcasts. I've said it on this show plenty of times as well. I love the spectacle. I love the athleticism. I mean, I, I criticize the Bucks a great deal because of, of how they put matches together, but you can't take away from how talented these guys are when it comes to their movesets. The, I mean, I'm a big fan of tag team wrestling. These guys do so many, so many, you know, synchronized double team moves. It's exactly what I want from tag team wrestling. But at the same time, if you kick out of 50 super kicks, the 51st doesn't mean shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you do, if you do eight backflips in a move, you know you might as well do nine. You might as well do ten because no one's going to give a shit. Yeah. And that may be amazing. I, I was going to say that may be amazing to watch now. I think that may be amazing to have watched twelve months ago. I think it's already jumped the shark a little bit for me personally. I'm already kind of over how how spectacular these these these, these athletes are, and now I'm thinking, okay, your finisher now doesn't mean a damn thing because this guy's kicked out of it three times mm-hmm. on a pre-show rather yeah. than uh, yeah, that's kind of my mindset. Do you know what I mean? But there we go. I, I thought very quickly, I thought all out was a better structured wrestling show. There was more one-on-one matches. There mm-hmm. was more, I suppose, proper wrestling matches involved. 
more storylines in the ring, more stories being told rather than just a spot fest. I had a problem with all all in because there were so many multi-person matches as well. I think it waters down any one person achieving anything because there's so many moving parts. But that's yeah. my own personal taste. So, yep, yeah, absolutely spot on. There we go. Should we scan through the chat very quickly, Magsy? Um, <laughs> very quickly might be a, a bit of a push because these guys uh, in the CWF are absolutely amazing and there's a lot of comments. Um, but let's go to this one. Um, Sharon saying, Cam, they are being really hor- horrible to me. Give Dan a punch next time I see him. <laughs> you started the gift war, Sharon, uh, says Dan. And you will end it, Dan says, King's Pigs Badder. Um, Cam says he can't punch him. Uh, only see him when I take my girls around and they'd start beating me, Dan, if I laid a hand on Uncle Dan. I still think I could take him, though. <laughs> <laughs> Dan Griffin says, um, you know I'd fight dirty, Cam. Bear hug, twist of the nuts, and a big daddy belly bounce out the front window. <laughs> the front w- I hope off the windowsill as well. You know, <laughs> the twist of the nuts is the best part, though. Just, yeah. just to rub it in. Um, Top Matt Jacksons, you fuckers. <laughs> Scottish, Scottish Danny says Tata slipping on his face will be the most memorable moment ever when it comes to yes. in Saudi Arabia. I, not, not Broadswoman winning that horrific green belt then. No, which we've never ever seen since. If I was him, I'd still be carrying that around everywhere. I mean, it's the most important title he's ever won. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Cam says he's too fast for you, Dan. He's like a whippet. <laughs> I think there's money in this. I think this could be put together as a charity match of some description. It, it's the it's the Usos of the Cedar Ref, isn't it? They're there we split. go. <laughs> We've moved them onto separate shows now, uh, but eventually they're going to come together for a, a Cam v Dan spectacular. <laughs> uh, Dan says the interesting thing about uh, will be if the Saudis are determined to uh, buy their way into UEFA competition. Uh, then you think FFP would apply. Yeah, I mean, it would not surprise me. FFP doesn't apply to clubs now. Man City get away with it. Do you know what I mean? It applies to certain clubs. Um, Again, going back to the mission to Burnley, there's a point where Burnley get uh, uh, a transfer embargo because they are a couple of days late filing their their, uh, audits, but yet City spend hundreds and hundreds of millions on players. Uh, don't take it anywhere near that in uh, in profits, but yet get away with it. Um, but that's the way it is. Uh, Dominic Mysterio gets a couple of votes for Carly's uh, <laughs> last match there. Uh, and King Pigs Banner says it's impossible to make uh, Carly look good. Her- horrific take there, King Pigs Banner. I think it's impossible to make him look bad. I've never seen a bad Carly match. To be we fair. watched three on this show. They were bad. They were short. That makes them pretty good. Does it? Really? Okay. <laughs> um, let's scroll down now to um, Scottish Danny saying, if anything, this whole thing has uh, proven yet again how biased and accurate Dave Meltzer and the rest of his dirt sheets truly are. Mm. But Ben makes a good point. At least we got to see the Pepsi plunge all in. That's true. We did. That, and that was that was brutal. Uh, he also Joe says, Punk was very good. I thought it was very yeah. good match. Uh, and he also says, as mad as Cornet is, every now and again he comes out with a line, and I think he's absolutely on point there. Yeah, yeah. The, I think the thing with uh, Cornet is 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 kind of in the same mould as Bischoff and Russo. They've got a character, and they play up to it. 
but you do get those little nuggets of 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 knowledge that that absolutely do make sense, but you just have to kind of dig into the into yeah. the ranting and raving, I suppose. King's Pizbatter says a broken corner is still right <laughs> twice a day. Absolutely <laughs> brilliant. Uh Tank Abbott wouldn't take Jack Perry's shit. Um no. Cam Griffin says, isn't Dean Malenko in creative as well? I think the problem with, with AW's creative is that it's kind of like Vince. Everything runs through Tony and he's, he makes the final decision. But he's making the final decision for five hours of programming a week, which is it's, it's too much, especially for someone on yeah. the, on the can, uh, Colombian sniffing powder uh, as, as he is. Malenko is another road agent, isn't he? I suppose is the is the name the WWE use for that yeah, role. Produce, like producer, yeah. Yeah, he he helps put together matches and so on, isn't he? But also he's he's quite poorly, isn't he? Is it Alzheimer's he's suffering from? Uh, Parkinson's. Isn't Parkinson's. 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 Yeah. So I don't know how much he's actually involved now. I know six <laughs> months ago he was very involved, but yeah. Um, ben and Scottish Danny both agree that uh, punk belittling Regal is sacrilege. Yeah. Uh, and then Dan makes a good point in saying Regal knocked the shit out of a massive lunk like Van Hammer. He turned <laughs> punk into mince. Yeah, I mean, look at when he uh, he went went to town on Goldberg. Yes, I mean Goldberg was a, a massive lump then. Uh, yeah, kind of like punk in that he he was very resistant to to other people's ideas. He just wanted to come in, do his two minutes. Uh, and and get out there and and Regal actually wrestled him and he, he didn't get he got into trouble for that as well didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Bischoff was not a fan of uh, Regal harming the Golden Goose. Uh, Scott Stone says he read on Twitter that Regal may have been sent to AW to spar from Fightful. Fight, yeah, Fightful, <laughs> Fightful Select because we've got to pay oh. five dollars behind the paywall to get that information. Okay. Um, Dan says everyone should watch Impact instead. Um, Sharon says she loved all in apart from the last match that was shot. The what well, MJF versus Adam Cole was shot. Uh, I mean, it's just bad ending. Um, yeah, I think Adam um, Cole should have won, but I think that's what Sharon's getting at. She she yeah. she wanted Adam. Cole. She's a massive Adam Cole fan, isn't she? And rightfully so. The guy's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Cam says, "Is this discussing AW or ninety five, ninety six WCW pay per view? <laughs> a little bit of both. A little yeah, bit of spot both. on, spot on." Um, Scotty Stein said he's just finished watching Victory Road. So yeah, everyone. I mean, it, Impact, the little, the little company that could, and they're still going now. You very rarely hear of any like uh, drama coming out of there. They just get on with their own thing. Yeah, absolutely superb. Yeah, everyone should be watching Impact, apart from the fact that Tommy Dreamer is now the digital media champion. Eesh. Mm, not happy with that. Isn't Tommy Dreamer like ninety six years old now? I think he's mid fifties, but okay. in terms of digital media, he's is not the best on social media. Mm, okay, mm. let's not forget he tried to uh, to um, to condone Ric Flair windmilling somebody. Yes, yeah. <laughs> oh dear, Tommy. Uh, Scottish Danny says uh, he'll never forget the the Carly Triple. Yeah, it was a great. That was one of the crowning moments of, of chain wrestling. Uh, I disagree. Scott, uh, King Big Badders, <laughs> and Dan um, saying that Impact 1000 is dropping this week. So there is that. And then finally, Dan says, at least now I can skip the digital media uh, match quicker than I already planned to. 
I mean, once Joe Hendry was not the champion, there's absolutely no point in it being a belt. Sharon said a bit further up in the chat that she watched a Impact Wrestling match this week. But it turns out, I think Dan Griffin replied that it was from a little while ago. That really surprises me. Sharon, where are you watching Impact? Where am I? Jay versus Alex Shelley, she says. Well, Jay White's involved. She's a big Jay White. Alex Shelley as well. She's a big Alex Shelley fan. Sharon loved the Motor City Machine Guns. You know, and yeah, okay. Where were you watching that shot? That's interesting. Let us know. Yeah, let us know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. But that's the that's the chat caught up with. Fantastic stuff. Thank you so so much, everybody, for getting involved with our non wrestling topic, which ended up being quite wrestling heavy this week. But it's okay. It's okay. We're, we're, it's our first week back. We're sort of easing ourselves back into the routine, Magsy, aren't we? We certainly are. We certainly we, are. We are indeed. Okay. So then I will grab my little notebook and pen because it's about time, I guess. <laughs> what? What are you laughing at? Just you're in the dark. And we've just been talking about the digital media title, like coming into the, the 2020s. And you, I'll just grab me little notebook and pen. Yeah. And I've got a little gap left on the page over here for when you put your link up later so I can write it down. Yeah. You, you, the digital champion, I, I don't know what that is. What is that? Is it just a it, title for... It's 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 Impact's uh, mid-car towel, kind of like a TV towel. But okay. They're embracing digital media, so streaming, YouTube. Okay. Pornhub, whatever. Pornhub, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm buying Impact's pay-per-views. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Maxi, let's talk a bit of wrestling, my friend. Let's do it. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! Okay, I'm still on mute again, aren't I? Still on mute. Really? Why is my really? reaction so much slower than yours? It's because you pay for that dodgy dial-up internet. Yeah, poor mate. Well, you say pay for it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, My selection won this week. Well, from three weeks ago for whenever it was. Uh, So we are heading back to 1992 and WrestleMania 8. Randy Savage challenging Ric Flair for the WWF World title. But it's not on last because Hogan must pose, obviously. (laughs) This is in the Hoosier Dome which is, is an odd name, yeah. but it's a bloody massive venue, obviously, being a dome. This WrestleMania, Magsy, it's, it's a bit hit and miss for me with match quality. There's some great on there. We've already looked at Roddy Piper versus Bret Hart for this show, and we both rated it very highly. Um, there's some great moments in there. Obviously, it didn't work out well in the end, but the Warriors' surprise return and so on as a kid. Three poor man who's on the show. He is there as well. You're correct. <laughs> and, uh, and this match itself as well, I remember very, very fondly, but we'll get into that in a moment. Then there's also a lot of ropey stuff on there, like Skinner taking on Owen Hart and, and stuff like that. <laughs> it's a real odd time for wrestling in general. And I feel that 92 ends up being quite a, a transitional year for the WWF. Because if you look at you look at WrestleMania here in this in the dome in front of however many tens of thousands of people were there, by the time you hit the last pay-per-view of the year, which was Survivor Series, it's all change. Yeah. You know? I mean, Ric Flair is not long. By the time you get to the end of 92, Ric Flair is not long for the WWF. This is actually his only WrestleMania appearance in his first WWF run. He doesn't yes. wrestle at Mania again until he comes back as the part owner and he's a much older man. Hogan is gone. 
you know, for a while after this until we get that shitty return at WrestleMania 9. But Hogan is gone. Um, the Warrior returns here, but is gone again quite quickly. Uh, Roddy Piper is, as we mentioned, on the card. He's gone as well shortly after this. Yeah. Um, a big part of this storyline between Savage and Flair, Miss Elizabeth, she's gone not too long after this as well. Because this is when Savage and Liz were going through their their divorce. And as soon as the divorce was finalized, she, she moved on herself. There's a lot of things changing in the wrestling business. A great deal of it down to the, the, the steroid trial that was you know, kicking up a fuss around this time. But it, it, I think when you look at the beginning of 92, especially the 92 Rumble, and then you look at the end of 92, or even the, it's the 93, and difference. it's a yeah. completely different company, isn't it? Oh, that 93 Rumble. Jesus. Yeah, uh, WWF was, was so transitional in this mm. period um a lot of factors um uh, as as you just ran through but going from the beginning of 92 when you've got arguably the best wrestler to enter uh the square circle in in rick flair you've got the biggest star in the wrestling business in hulk hogan and then 12 months later the it, it's it's all gone gone yeah. to pop yeah it's uh it's it's weird to to watch knowing uh, knowing what we know now how WWE uh, WWF at the time failed with this group of talent. Mm. Yeah, and uh, also I suppose you look at the transitions from lower down in the card. I mean, uh, Shawn Michaels is wrestling his first singles match at WrestleMania here mm-hmm. against uh, El Matador, and. You can hear all about that in a couple of weeks on the HBK pod, by the way, because we're up to WrestleMania 6, 7, and so on after this. Cheap plug there. Check it out Wednesdays on the SJP World Media Network. But Michaels is wrestling his first singles match at WrestleMania here. So he obviously goes on to be something important. He main events the Survivor Series at the end of the year as the IC champion against Bret Hart, who is the world champion, who is winning the IC title here. So it shows how quickly things change and move around. And by the time... Monday Night Raw begins in early 93. Even Randy Savage, who's winning the world title here, has been moved into a commentary position. Yep. It's so different, isn't it? it it's 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 almost like a um a football team being relegated and then all the big stars leaving. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh let's dive into it then, shall we? I mean, first of all, we get a brilliant late 80s early 90s wwf pay-per-view intro with vince shouting stuff over the top of some very uh, generic uh, cheesy music um, the, the vince shouted over the royal rumble ones and the suburbs ones were the best yeah the wrestlemania music though that kind of very cheesy stock music that they use for these early manias i love that and as soon as i press play on the pay-per-view and i started watching the very beginning of the show it really huge nostalgia vibes for me. This is one of the pay-per-views that I had on VHS that my uncle recorded for me from, from sky or some, however he got hold of it. And I also remember renting it at a later date from the video shop around the corner that my mum used to take me to, to get a, you know, a wrestling center and summer holidays and so on. So this pay-per-view I got quite a soft spot for. I remember this match being very, very good from my memory, but watching it back, it's kind of, it's a bit, it's, it's not quite how I recall it, Maxi, anyway. 
Uh, when was the last time you saw this yourself before reviewing it for today's show? Um, I've I've watched it for an episode of that Nazi's wrestling podcast. Um, props to to James and his the amazing work he's he's doing with Cafe de Rene. Um, immensely proud of the guy. Um, but it's not. Despite the fact it's got two Hall of Fame wrestlers in it, it's not a match that I go back to mm. too regularly. Uh, especially thinking of, I watched the '92 Royal Rumble very, very regularly, and then I won't watch the this match. It's it's really weird that I, that I, I don't go back to it, but for some reason I just don't. Mm. Now, in an alternative universe, this card would have looked very, very different because mm-hmm. the original plan for a long time was for Hulk Hogan to be wrestling Ric Flair for yep. the WRF World title. Flair was to win the title at the Rumble. Hogan was to face him at WrestleMania. They even had a press conference, which I believe they replay on the pay-per-view at some point, don't they? Um, with yeah. Piper and Sid and a few others. The I Repo Man Savage is there. Yeah, the Repo Man sadly is not. But they're, they're all sat with Jack Turney in a very, what looks like a school yeah. canteen. And the, the the name of the number one contender is, is Hogan. Yes! Yeah, yes! exactly. And Hogan yes. gets named as the champion. Uh, sorry, ch- challenger for the champion. Sid is very pissed off. They had to sort of divert from this because obviously Hogan decided he was moving on. He was he was going to step away because of the steroid scandal and so steroid scandal and so on. Uh, and also, Hogan Flair apparently wasn't drawing on the house shows. No. They did the house show circuit, and uh, uh, people report it didn't do as well as they first thought. Yeah. I mean, there there is that, but there's also uh, the the rumors that Hogan wanted to win on his way out. He wanted to essentially beat Ric Flair and then leave the company, which makes absolutely no absolutely sense no whatsoever. Um, so yeah, this could have been a, potentially the biggest WrestleMania match of all time, the biggest wrestling match of all time with the two biggest stars, but Hogan will Hogan, I suppose. Mm, indeed. Indeed. And we're going to come to that whole, um, again, it's something I say on so often on so many shows. Where do we go next? Is a big part of how professional wrestling, in my opinion, should be put together. It yeah. can be a bit of an issue of AW sometimes, I think. They don't think about what's going to happen in a month's time. But here we see at the end, especially where do we go next, plays quite a prominent role in how this match is structured and put together. Benny Mack in the chat there saying, Evening. Hello, Benny. Good, for, Hello, good to sir. see you, mate. Thanks for joining us. He's joining he us. Also says, didn't Linda McMahon uh, music uh, that she eventually used was for WrestleMania? I think she used it after. It was the WrestleMania music, mm. didn't you? Yeah, so, I don't think she was yeah, on screen music. at this time, was she? No. They, but yeah. saying that, this is, uh, I think this is the first time we ever see Shane McMahon. Yes. He yeah. turns up, doesn't he? A very he young Shane. Uh, we have Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan on commentary, which is just comedy gold. You know, it's one of those iconic duos, and Heenan has got his allegiances to flair and perfect and um you can hear that not as strong or as well done as the rumble a couple of months previous but still quite good i think magsy yeah i mean jumping a little bit ahead you get the the post-match uh promo uh and flair does 
he doesn't nail it as well as he did with the Rumble, but it, you can still see the chemistry between him and Heenan and, and mm-hmm. Perfect. Um, they were a great team together. They really were. Yeah. yeah. Um, the introductions, the entrances, I instantly thought of you because the champions ate first. Hate it. Absolutely yeah, hate it. But, but Randy Savage is... is be, he's the star in in this match, or he's being made to be the star. Obviously, coming mm-hmm. out with uh, uh, winning the match at uh, the end. Uh, Savage comes out very quickly. He's, he's 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 almost in a sprint jog effort. But I think part of the way out of the entrance way, he realizes how long that 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 aisle way is, and, and, thinking, and needs to pace himself. I'm going to be out of breath by the time I get down there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so he, so he, he slows down a touch. I mean, there's one thing you can't fault Randy Savage for, and it's it's having energy in his mm. in his feuds yeah. i mean he he gets very invested in his feuds they become yeah. incredibly personal whether that's him being very protective of of liz or a bit of the old colombian marching powder who knows but he was he was very exuberant I, I, well i we literally had to start talking about the match but we haven't mentioned the uh the pictures and the controversy surrounding um elizabeth have we no wwf magazine being used as part of creative here we have what are eventually discovered to be photoshopped images doctored photos yeah very photos very ahead of the curve Mm. uh with this uh you've got the the poolside one with the the r and the l uh towels for rick and liz um yeah it's um a well-told storyline, don't get me yeah. to say they transitioned uh, from it being potentially Hogan versus Ric Flair to to uh, Randy Savage being in the mix to come up with this storyline and 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 get the the doctor photo. I think it's really well done. Mm. Yeah, totally. So so we had Flair basically saying that he was with Liz previously, and the term "damaged goods" is used quite a bit. Yeah. So, yeah, not pleasant way to behave about Mrs. Savage, I suppose. Um, the match begins with, with Savage being quite quick, attacking Flair, as you'd expect. He's fired up. He, he, you know, he's, he's had stuff said about his wife and so on. Before Rick gets, sorry, Rick backdrops Savage over the top rope. In, I mean, he went high here, Max, didn't he? It wasn't yeah. just a sort of take a, go over sideways, you know, land carefully. He went over vertically, didn't he? He did, um, it, and it, it, it kind of plays into the the very personal rivalry of the of this match. There was no holding back. There was no um, selling uh, selling short of the moves. It was just all 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 guns blazing. These two wanted to hurt each other. Yeah, exactly. Um, Flair, uh, Flair uses a delayed vertical suplex here. Which I thought looked really impressive. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's something that he busted out too often, especially in his WWF run. I mean, Flair's not a small guy, but the WWF really was land of the giants. So you see him working his very few pay-per-view matches. He's working with guys who tend to be a bit bigger than him. But here with Savage, I think he's able to do a few things that he potentially couldn't have done with a Hogan or an Undertaker or whoever he may have worked with, you know? Yeah, kind of uh, able, and, and that's, I suppose that shows just how good Flair is of a, of a wrestler that he can he can quickly change the the style from working with big guys to to people more his size, and he's got enough in his uh, 
his repertoire to be able to to mix it up. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, Flair kicks Savage until he falls to the outside again. So we're back outside the ring. Um, and what I notice here is as well, uh, it's something that used to bug me a few years ago, but now I understand it a little bit, a little bit better, a little bit more, I guess. And it's almost a storytelling or, or psychological point that wrestlers of a certain era used to do. And again, it's something that I think people in AEW could could learn from. Flair slows the pace right down when he is in control because yeah. he is the heel. He is the bad guy. And it's not about being a cool heel or a heel that wants to entertain you. His job is to be the bad guy and get booed and put Savage mm-hmm. over as the babyface. So Flair slowing it right down and doing nothing too spectacular means he's not getting cheers or reactions from the crowd because what he's done is impressive. Yeah. Now that psychologically storytelling wise makes so much sense. Whenever Savage then turns around and tries to have a comeback because the, the crowd are into, crowd are into it. Yeah. Yeah. Because all of a sudden there's a bit more, uh, a bit more intensity, a bit more speed to what's going on in the ring. So whether you're fully rooting for Savage or not, you're going to react naturally because of the change in pace. And I think that's a really clever little storytelling uh, touch that they can use Magsy. Yeah, and it's almost as if uh, Flair and his territory days and his wiliness and the way he he was always on on a lot of the time he was the heel uh, going yes. into territories. It, it worked perfectly because he he knows how to to make a, a face look like a million dollars. He's, he's, yeah, he's so good at it. Yeah, uh, and we get uh, you know uh, one example of this. Savage gets in just a couple of right hands. The crowd go crazy. Mm-hmm. And then he hits a net breaker, which looked a bit clunky, looked a bit mistimed, potentially. There was a bit of a misunderstanding. But the crowd go wild again. And I think that just those simple right hands and then hitting this kind of slightly wonky, slightly off net breaker wouldn't get the reaction it does if it wasn't for Flair slowing it down and doing mm-hmm. what he was doing just moments before, maybe. Yeah, you're absolutely right, and it's it's a testament to how how good of a story Flair can tell. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um, Rick Flair takes control again, though, by going to the eyes, which is standard heel Shock. shit, isn't it? Yeah. Thumb to the eye. <laughs> um, and then we get more classic Flair as he climbs to the top rope and is caught by Savage and thrown off. Standard mm-hmm. Flair. And then it's Savage the great- spits on him. It's the greatest hits. Yeah, I mean, grotta. Savage did yeah. like a, a good spitting at people, though, didn't he? Yeah, mate. Just oh, give your head a wobble, Randy. That's COVID, funny, Randy. COVID. Yeah, you can't be doing that shit. Um, we get the Ric Flair over the top of the corner spot as well here. And I thought this was good as well because Flair at this point does speed things up a little bit. He flips over the ropes. He runs across the apron, climbs the other side, and looks like he might actually hit that move from the top rope, which happens incredibly rarely in his career. But it's he's caught savage punches him on the way down and the crowd go wild just again for a savage right hand it's really i think it's cleverly it's very simple but it's also very cleverly structured isn't it i mean the 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 pops that randy was getting for simple clotheslines Mm -hmm. he he hits two or three clotheslines in a row and the crowd were going ballistic and a lot that you have to give the props to Ric Flair for that because he's built yes. up the the heat so so well that anything that uh, Savage does in terms of offense is is getting just a massive massive pop. Mm-hmm. 
uh, we get what I suppose in modern day wrestling now, because everything is so exaggerated and over the top and, and crazy. Seems quite tame, but we get what back in 92 was a relatively, it was a high spot, wasn't it? Savage hitting that axe handle from the top rope the, to the, the floor. The double axe handle, yep. Yeah. I mean, Savage is what? He must be 6'2". He, I think he's billed as 245, you know, weight-wise. Mm-hmm. That's a big old bloke jumping off that top rope. And he's, he's, he, must, he must be a 15-foot drop there. A 15-foot might be a stretch. Well, well, no, no, he doesn't jump, does he? He literally just sort of steps down gingerly. Yeah. But I, I suppose we get that. It's yeah. probably about nine foot. Okay. But yeah, it still looks pretty spectacular. Yeah. Early 90s, that, that's a high spot. Mm, yeah, definitely. Um, and then this sends Flair, Flair the barrier. And Flair <laughs> literally looks at the camera and bleeds. And yeah, um, yeah he got fanned for this, didn't he? It was, it was very, very obvious he was reaching. I mean, he didn't technically look at the, at the, the uh, camera. But the camera does focus it on him. His head's on the uh, on the floor, and you can see him reaching for the blade and mm-hmm. and swiping across the the forehead. Yeah, he got he got he got a, a slap on the wrist for this. I think uh, a few thousand dollar fine. Yeah, yeah. Earlier on in the card, obviously there's blood in Piper Brett as well, but they got away with it because Brett made they it said look it like was it. an accident. Yeah, and it, it was weren't really. It was very. <laughs> they were yeah. both. <laughs> uh, Savage hits another X handle, but this time in the ring, and that's of course the setup for his top rope elbow finisher. Um, the crowd are going wild for this because they think this is it. And Flair's like, yeah, well, I mean, technically, it, it usually is when, yeah. when Savage hits this elbow and he he delays on the on the on the corner and he's there for edge, and the crowd are going mental. Lands it perfectly, uh, and then perfect comes in, brilliant timing and. I've got to give props in this to um, Earl Hebner because the way he positioned himself to not see perfect, I mean, perfect has to literally get into the middle of the ring uh, to be able to get it. But uh, Earl Hebner has has positioned himself perfectly so that he doesn't see perfect at all in the ring when he's pulling Savage off, uh, off uh, Ric Flair for the pin. Um, it's not often that a ref is in the right position and usually there's a lot of leeway, but Earl Hebner absolutely nailed it perfectly. And then I think afterwards, uh, um, Savage goes out to, to chase uh, Perfect and Earl Hebner's out trying to stop him from, from getting involved with Perfect because he hasn't seen Perfect getting uh, uh, get involved in the match. So this is... This to him is Randy Savage bringing Perfect into the match. Uh, mm. Really well done by Earl. Um, yeah, I was very impressed. Yeah, really good stuff. Takes a little bit of a bump as well, a, a little mini ref bump, doesn't he? Sort of. I, I don't know if it was meant to. You couldn't tell if it was yeah. meant to do that or not. It, it, Which is it good. I like that. If, if you can't tell, that's a good thing, surely. And then that's when we get the brass knucks that um, are covered in tape for some reason, because surely yeah. that would take away some of the power of the brass knucks. Um, yeah. And Flair absolutely cold cocks uh, Randy Savage with the knucks. And another good part, uh, spot, which I, uh, uh, it was very different to what normally happens, is Flair didn't hide the brass knucks in his trunks, which is what normally wrestlers would do. He palms them back off to, to yep. Perfect, and Perfect just slips them in his pocket and walks around the ring, essentially whistling. It's yeah. brilliant. <laughs> Brilliantly played. Really, really well, well done. done. 
Mm-hmm. Um, the pop when Savage kicks out of this, you know, brass neck shot for two is is huge again. And the pace of the match, you know, with the axe handles and Flair doing his tumble over the top and all that sort of stuff, you can see that they're really sort of building towards something now. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's really, it's time. I mean, the match goes, what, 20, is it 24, 25, 26 minutes, Maxie? Something like that. Um, it's, I think it's a just just a, a tad over 20 minutes. So, okay, right. So they've got a decent amount it. of time. doesn't feel it at all. Oh, no, 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 no. They've got a decent amount of time, and it has been slow in places, but I think by design. And they were mm-hmm. sort of cranking it up a little bit. As, and the crowd, they're, they're really sucking this crowd in now. They've got them on the edge of their seats. So it just shows how talented these two performers actually are. Um, perfect waffles Savage with a chair mm-hmm. in the ribs. Uh, and this is where Liz arrives, isn't it? She does. Um, and out comes the star of uh, of the the show, Shane McMahon, making his debut, trying to uh, to stop um, Liz from getting involved in the match. Mm. Uh, uh, Ric Flair starts working on the leg, as you would expect, as a Ric Flair match. So we get the standard, you know, shin breaker and the spot where he puts it over the bottom rope and jumps on it, and so on, setting up for obviously the figure four, which he eventually snaps on. We get Savage letting his shoulders hit the mat for some two counts. Um, Perfect is doing the whole leaning through the ropes and pulling on Flair's hands to give him a bit more leverage. Mm-hmm. Almost quite can't reach. If if Flair was a couple of inches further away, I think they wouldn't reach each other and might look a bit silly. <laughs> so so it was they were perfectly placed then. Oh, there you go. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, Savage then does the whole turning the figure four onto his stomach spot to reverse the pressure yes perfect again tries to stop this happening by grabbing flair to help him turn back the ref notices this and does the whole (laughs) kick the arms away moment and the crowd go (laughs) wild for this as well don't they i mean he's the best at that he's absolutely the best i mean all the times he's did it with with guys like triple h uh yeah uh an earl headner punt is what is a sad to see yeah, indeed. Um, both guys get back up. <laughs> Savage is basically on one leg because he's had the figure four he's been working on. And he's selling this like you know, like, like his leg is broken. It's really great selling for one Savage. Is one of the best sellers that there yeah. has ever been, Randy Savage. Yeah. Um, he ends up trying to kick Flair, or Flair ends up picking the leg, ready to carry on the attack on this. Flair swings for Savage, it gets blocked. Savage gives him one punch to the face, rolls him up with a handful of tights and wins the world title. He's effectively just won the world title with a punch. And a roll-up. Yeah, but a big handful of tights as well. A big old hand. You saw the Hall of the Moon. Well, it's not a Ric Flair match if you don't see blood and a bare arse, is it? It it was almost Shawn Michaels' levels of arse out. (laughs) There we go. But um, Flair, uh, uh, Heenan, and Perfect are not happy with this nope. whatsoever, and they beat the shit out of, of Randy or uh, Randy Savage. It's uh, he gets uh, an absolute whooping. Um, Flair then attempts to to give Liz grief, and she dry slaps the guy, mm. which is brilliant. Yeah. Um. There's quite an ex- quite a lengthy time where they keep attacking Savage over and over again, isn't it? Before they leave the ring, mm-hmm. and then we get some post-match promos, and 
it, it, it's brilliant for me. I mean, Savage's promo is is crazy and ranty and shouty. And you don't really 100% get what he's on about at times, but that's Randy Savage for you. Flair's promo is the one that's really interesting for me, though, because they're, they're going to go, they're going to continue this for the next few months. This was the WWF's summer program, effectively. This is going to yeah. be their head because they know they're losing Hogan. They know they're losing, well, the Warrior is coming back. But even the Warrior coming back, we go to Wembley, uh, SummerSlam 92, Savage uh, and the Warrior. Ric Flair is a massive part of what's going on in that contest. Heading into Summer, uh, sorry, Survivor Series is the same thing. So they're going to run with Savage and Flair for, for quite a while. Um, the Liz aspect of the storyline gets dropped very quietly because they're going through their separation at this point when their divorce is finalized. She kind of just walks away from the company um, a month or two after this, I think something like yeah, that. Think, yeah. 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 So that aspect of the story is kind of quietly swept away. Um, but Flair's promo is all about, again, we come back to my point earlier on, where do we go next? <laughs> this is his, him, Heenan and perfect. And I suppose Sean Mooney is holding the microphone for them. Their time on television after the match to put over that this is not done yet yeah. we're going again you've beaten me once but you won't do it again yeah. we're going to regroup the brain trust so to speak is going to make a plan and we're going to come back for you and i think that is fucking genius because you've got again it comes back to where do we go next there it is and already the fans are like we want to see that again yeah and, and as flair says in his promo uh winning the title means means nothing it's it's not the doing it; it's the doing it again. Mm. Um, and to again to say that this was essentially booked on the fly with the Hogan uh, fallout and 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 things like that. You normally see WrestleMania as the the end of stories and yes. then the beginning of new and to 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 carry this storyline on is is not something that you would normally see of a WrestleMania, but. Ric Flair is is so good on uh, his crazy promos that you are interested in this story carrying on. Uh, and then he drops the, the best line that he's dropped in a promo by saying every time he sees Elizabeth, he's going to kiss her on her moist, wet lips. It's just <laughs> brilliant. It's probably what the guy's just me. lost the world towel and his main ambition is to... Every time he sees someone else's wife, he's going to kiss them on the lips. Amazing. Woo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> before we get to our links uh, for where we'd like to go on the next episode of Chain Wrestling Live, we need to rate what we think of this particular match, Mr. Max. Mm-hmm. Um, out of 10, what are you thinking, bud? Uh, I mean, it's it's a great match. Let's... let's um, Let's let's call a spade a spade. The, these two are two of the best wrestlers to ever uh, enter a ring, and the story was was uh, was really well told. Uh, Ric Flair, um, his as you mentioned, his his controlling of the pace. Then you've got Randy's kind of enthusiasm and, and exuberance and passion. Um, technically two amazing wrestlers. This match is a, 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 an absolute belter. We get some blood. Um, it's got everything that you need from what should have been the main event of WrestleMania. So I'm going to go 10. 
I'm giving this a 10. 10. really enjoyed it holy crap it's great story this it harkens back to my uh wrestling childhood watching uh, matches like this with with my my gran it's just it's just classic just entertaining wrestling great storyline uh excellent in ring work yeah i loved it it's a 10 10 all day why that's blown my mind i thought maybe i was being biased because of the nostalgia factor for me growing up with it by going with an eight but you go in a ah. 10 that's blown my mind wow okay i mean an eight is still eight. very high yeah an eight's still very high oh, for me jesus i think but a couple of things it was, it was a bit more punchy kicky than i remember it being not a bad thing because it worked but it was a little bit more punchy kicky than i remember it being and i think there was a little maybe a, they could have just toned down the outside stuff a touch just a touch, but there's a real small, tiny nitpicks on my part, and the fact that the, the fact that we're seeing effectively the middle of a feud here rather than the ending, as you brilliantly described, that sometimes does happen at WrestleManias. I mean, also kind of it, you want the big spectacle to be the end sometimes, but they need the program for the summer, obviously. So I think that kind of hindered what they might have done as well. But I still, I still really enjoyed it. It's fantastic storytelling on Flair's part. It's brilliant selling on Savage's part. Two absolute legends in 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 the in the ring doing brilliant stuff. My only drawback going forward from this was that Flair, obviously, in a few months' time, goes on to to, to regain the championship from Savage. I believe that was just at a house show mm-hmm. or a TV taping that, or something like that. No, I think it was, was a house it, show. Yeah. yeah, and then the next the next title change as well. I think we go into October. And that's when Bret Hart, is it Sask- Saskatoon in Canada? Saskatoon. Yep. Yeah. That's where Bret Hart beats Flair for his first world title, forcing him to submit to the sharpshooter in Canada there. And that was a high show as well. Yeah. I wonder how often in the more modern era then, so the, the back time yeah, back, back like high show changes yeah. that I can't have happened very often. No, I bet. I bet this is, probably the only one mm, people in the chat uh people listening to the audio version people give us a shape on Scottish Danny. Scottish know. Danny, he knows yeah. his stuff doesn't he the encyclopedia himself world title changes and it is the world title i'm looking at world title changes that happened on house shows back to back or or very close together at least because i don't think it has happened at all bar in this no I, I, none come to mind no no, really interesting. Again, I suppose it's a really interesting time in the business, isn't it? It's, it's very, very... Transitional. There we go. There we go. Uh, Magzi, where do you want to go next week, my friend? Oof. So, um, as we said at the, the start of the show, we take a few weeks off and the, the absolute wrestling world burns. Um, mm-hmm. And we lost some... Very recently, we've lost some some big stars uh, in wrestling and in uh, the whole scene just feels a little bit darker. Uh, and one we lost fairly recently was uh, was the Iron Sheik. Um, and, and just an amazing, amazing character. Uh, but we also lost someone else uh, just this past week um, who has links with, uh, with uh, the Iron Sheik. We lost General Adnan. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't know yeah. that. 
Yeah, so um, in the space of a couple of months, we've lost both uh, Colonel Mustafa and General Adnan. So I think it's very poignant for us to go to uh, to kind of talk about their biggest match in terms of of classic WWF, uh, and that is the the match made in in hell from um, SummerSlam 1991 where they teamed with Sergeant Slaughter against uh, Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior. And the way I'm linking to this match is because the other side of that that uh, SummerSlam main event was the match made in heaven, which was the the, the marriage of uh, of um, Randy Savage and, and Liz. So uh, that's where I'm linking uh, from this match to the match made in hell, SummerSlam 1991. Hogan and the Warrior beat the world of <laughs> Sergeant Slaughter. General Adnan and Colonel Mustafa. Uh, and there's a lot to dive into that as well, isn't there? With the whole warrior backstage business and and all that going on. Yeah, that that could be a real meaty meaty episode. That it could. Yeah, and I love a bit of the old, you know, cheesy golden generation or whatever they call it. You know that that era. You know, it's yeah. Oh man, that's a great shape, Max. That is a great shape. You could have also linked with it, of course, with Hogan because he was in the other main event on this I show. Could have. Looked at. But mm. I mentioned him enough. Okay, I've <laughs> I've I have gone that route, but I'm not using Hogan. I'm using his opponent. So Sid. I'm going. I'm using Sid because I, I watched the um, the promos and so on, and a few clips of Sid on this particular pay per view. When I was trying to skip back and forth using the shitty network update that makes it virtually impossible. I hate it. It's crap. I absolutely yeah. despise it. But it then got me thinking. I like Sid. I do. Do you know what? I actually really do like Sid. Yeah. But I don't know why I like Sid, because he's not that good. (laughs) It's kind of weird. It's kind of, you know. I I think I like Sid because of his face run against Shawn Michaels. Yeah. And we have some great matches in that as well. And I I like his intensity in his promos. Mm. I like the way his top lip stiffens and doesn't move when he's talking. (laughs) <laughs> and he talks like that before shouting again. You know, it's kind of... Yeah. And he, he's half the man that you are, and he has half <laughs> the brains that you do. Brilliant. Uh, so I got me thinking, are there any really good Sid matches out there? I was like, there must be there must be somebody who has carried into a great man. My first thought, <laughs> my first thought was Michaels, because Michaels... Scott Spanner. Sean Scott Steiner. <laughs> my, my first thought was Michaels, because obviously Sean's my guy. But I was like, no, I'm, I'm talking a lot about Sean Michaels at the moment for my other show, the HBK pod, available every Wednesday on uh, SJP World Media, if you want to check it out. But um, <laughs> I thought, uh, maybe, maybe not Sean then. So I literally just Googled Sid's greatest matches. And one popped out that I, I looked at and I thought, okay, I'm fairly certain I've seen it, but I don't remember anything about it. But the person who wrote this little mini article was singing its praises. So I was like, okay, well, maybe we'll have a look at that. And it's a similar sort of time-ish, give or take six months either side, 
from his face run against Michaels. That sort of era, that sort of mid-90s kind of time. I would like to go, using Sid as the link, to In Your House 12, It's Time, and see Sid take on Bret the Hitman Hart for the WWF World title. Because, you know, again, Sid's matches against Sean were very good. And apparently this match against Bret is also quite good. And I, I can't really remember it. So that, that's, that's, that's my option for the poll, my friend. A great pick. I mean, any time we can uh, strong arm any Bret the Hitman Hart matches onto onto this show is, is always a good time and it's guaranteed to get at least one vote with, uh, yes. with Dan so. <laughs> so those are your options for the poll which will be up later in the week we go to a uh, well a handicap match I suppose the main event of SummerSlam 1991 Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior taking on the evil Iraqi trio of Sergeant Slaughter the Triangle of Terror oh yeah yeah <laughs> General Adnan and uh, of course, oh, who's the Iron Sheik, wasn't it? The Iron Sheik, uh, Colonel Mustafa. It wasn't the Iron Sheik. It was Colonel Mustafa. Colonel Mustafa. Sorry, of course. Um, or we can go a couple of years later and check out Big Lump Sid taking on Brett the Hitman Hart at In Your House 12. It's time. As I said, the poll will be up later in the week. Make sure you're voting and hugely important to anything we do here on SJP World Media. Make sure you're sharing it, telling your friends. We want as much interaction and eyes on what we do as we can possibly get. And that goes for all the shows and chain wrestling as well. Of course, Magsy, before we go, shall we have a little scan through the chat and see what people have been saying? We'll start with Sharon saying moist. (laughs) Sharon loves how so many other people dislike that word. What, moist? Yeah. It's a a cool word. Yeah, I, I like. Yeah, it don't bother me. But there's so many people that you know. It don't bother me. You're just so no. Gloucester. You're so. <laughs> it don't bother me. No, it doesn't. Or it oh. don't. You don't bother me. See, do you know? I genuinely get so cross with my kids when they don't say the T in things like water and kettle. It pisses me off so and much. You said done. Yeah, I know. Dan Griffin says he just realised Big Bob is in a in a flash. Yes. Yeah, he. Before the recording, uh, Saturday's a quiz bit say, Can you see? Can you see Big Bob shirt? Can you see what shirt he's in? <laughs> like, yeah, it's a that's a flare shirt. Gotta keep your eye on that because he will be changing his top to suit where possible. Uh, Sharon says, Don't knock and notebook and pen. I don't go, Yeah, but you're an, uh, an author, you'll get the inspiration. Sa is literally sat in front of a computer where he could have his, his notes literally on the screen, but instead. He writes them down like a Neanderthal. <laughs> for every other show, by the way, I do use my computer. It's just that when we're live with this one, if like for example, the the, the intro that I use, I've got like bullet points for that. I open a Word document for that, but it covers the chat because if I make it any smaller so I could see the chat, I can't read my own notes because my eyes are bad. <laughs> so <laughs> you need a second screen. I, I've got one just there, just above me. I just haven't plugged it in. Brilliant. <laughs> you've had three weeks three yeah weeks also also it's above here so when i'm reading stuff i'll be like ah. you know <laughs> <laughs> um king Pig's banner says that uh both of these wrestlers were legend uh in the ring uh dan says bang back with a bang a 10 from max yeah, it's a great match yeah, it really is yeah. a great match um dan says sid is fun because he's a bit shit yeah 
awesome. <laughs> I, will, I will always give props to somebody who would drop uh, the World Wrestling Federation title to go and play softball. That's yeah. commitment. That's absolute commitment. Good there's stories. There's stories about um, Sid not knowing. I think, I think it's one of those shoot interviews that you, you see the, that you see on YouTube and that, that Sid wasn't aware this was WrestleMania when he wrestled the match. He just thought it was just a TV match. It would not shock me. I mean, there's the, the, the famous interview he, or promo he does with uh, Jim Ross where he tries to start again, and Jim Ross is like, sorry, we're live, pal. <laughs> <laughs> it's just amazing. Um, King of Pigs says Sid's brilliant, yep, and Dan Griffin says Sid gets my vote. <laughs> yeah, bad default because yeah, he's in a yeah. match with Bret Hart. There um, we go. But yeah, that's the chat caught up with. Fantastic stuff. Uh, Magsy, before we go then, do you want to let everyone know whereabouts they can find you online, my friend? Yep. Um, before I drop my one and only social that I ever pay the slightest bit of attention to, I want to give thanks to, to you guys in the CWF. Um, in this day and age, with the amount of content that is coming at you from all angles to go uh, a few weeks with no content, um, can be the death knell for sort of uh, a lot of uh, a lot of creators. But you guys have stuck by us, uh, and we massively appreciate it. We we haven't got the biggest community in the wrestling sphere, but by God, we love each and every one of you. You are so. 100% amazing and we massively massively appreciate you uh sticking with us uh and we we will endeavor to entertain you each and every monday at half past eight now instead of instead of nine o'clock uh but (laughs) in terms of socials follow me on tiktok because that's the only place you'll properly find me um where you can see um the 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 chicken news before it gets aired on Mondays and that's at Pod Farmer Mags or if you do want to follow me on Twitter and I will eventually see a, a tweet or two per month uh, that's at Pod Farmer Mags uh, but yeah that other than that follow me at my house follow me around the streets. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough um I, I just want to second what you said magazine about the cwf and, and so on it is fantastic i always worry about stuff I, I i'm a natural worrier i naturally doubt myself i doubt lots of things and i shouldn't i should never do it with this show and i always say to you oh what about this what about that i'm worried about this what if you know when we went to a sunday what if nobody joins us and and you always tell me don't worry about it and you're always right and i, I shouldn't doubt you but i still do it's silly of me but it's it's quite humbling to be fair they will we... like what we tell them to like <laughs> there we go <laughs> anything i'm involved in of course you can find by the network that carries this show it's at sjp world media on facebook and twitter and all your podcast players platforms and providers and as i mentioned earlier on with regards to the poll for chain wrestling it is hugely important if you can please that everyone is subscribing to the youtube channel Everyone is sharing the crap out of anything we do on Twitter, on Facebook, any access you have to it. Tell your friends. I mean, even tell people you don't like. We'll tolerate them for a couple of weeks. You know, just get it out there. We want more and more people to get eyes, subscribers, follows, likes, etc., on what we're doing. Um, because I think it's worth it. And I think people joining in is great fun. And I love the people we've got. If we expand a bit, that's awesome as well. So there we go. Um you can also follow this show, of course, and get involved in our non-wrestling topic and our polls and all that good stuff on Facebook and Twitter, and that's at chain underscore wrestling. Uh, that's kind of it, I suppose, Magsy. 
Uh, we've got King's Pig Spudders saying, sorry, Sharon, in the chat one last time. Um, and Sharon not taking it because she's give the broken heart emoji. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they'll make up in the end. Uh, there we go. I'm off now, Magsy, to go and get me head down at an half decent time for a change on a Monday because I've got early starts now and I'm knackered. And I'm off to go and kiss Liz on her moist, wet lips. Goodbye, folks. <laughs>